welcome to Clotheslines and Headlines 2.0. Take it away, Ryan Gray. You want self connection? Welcome back to episode 14 of Clotheslines and Headlines 2.0. Guys, we are uh, banging out these episodes. Our guest today is going to be spotty, but we're kind of throwing it on the fly. We got our sh- It's the holiday season. I'm traveling. We're doing different shit. We're throwing stuff at the wall, but we're giving an episode here. So, Rocco, what's up, man? Are you ready to get this episode rocking and rolling? Hell yeah, man. This is like, uh, I think we're halfway. I think we've done the show for like six months now, right? So, uh, 28 makes no sense to me. So, yeah, it's exciting. Uh, end of the year, well, Christmas vibes is always a... Uh fun time to uh talk to some people and uh wrap up the year not totally but you know kind of wow it's been a half a year did you know that rossi fuck no but now that you think about the vince stuff being the first episode i mean that was july so it makes sense yeah fucking hey man we're here dude end of the year so we're not gonna get into the end of the year awards yet we'll probably do that next episode with uh an extended part two but um you know, last episode, we skipped the news, but um, I don't know, man. There's some uh, busy beavers out there that gave us some fucking news going on today. Um, Fight the word being beaver. <laughs> yeah. Hey, someone got it at least. Um, Fightful breaking the news today that Mandy Rose has been released. Uh, more details to come, I would assume. Um, I assume that the WWE was kind of like, hey, Mandy, you kind of need to uh, drop this kind of. A little non-PG thing, yeah. We we extend we bent our rules a little bit once Vince was gone to say you guys can make third-party market money, but uh, we didn't uh, expect you to go out there and pretty much just whip them tits out and slap that ass and shake that booty and you know we got Mattel to answer to, we got 2K to answer to, and we wouldn't mind you kind of take just toning that down a little bit or. Or if we want to bring you back up to the main roster, maybe give it up and make some more money. Mandy does the math and be like, uh, no, have you fucking looked into the eyes of our wrestling fans? They are horny ass motherfuckers and my ass is fine as fuck. And I am making some serious cash on this. So I am not giving it up. We need to compromise. And the WWE is like, ah, I don't think we're going to compromise if uh, it's an ultimatum. And then she probably read their bluff and they did their bluff and here we are. So, uh, Rossi, I know Alvarez said that, you know, they would love to do business in the future once Mandy, you know, gets rid of her OnlyFans. It's not even OnlyFans, it's something else, I guess. I don't know what it is. Fucking Rocco, you're the one with the prescription. You probably should know what it is, but I don't know. What do you, what do you guys have to say about this? And do you agree with my assumption? What's what, what's going on? I really have no feelings here. I just, this is peak Mandy Rose where this is, you know, the most popular she's ever been as an in-ring wrestler probably the most momentum she's ever had dropping the title so if they were going to capitalize her on raw or smackdown the time would be now but i understand her wallet and these rules were fuzzy but not in her case i I don't think there was any fuzz on her end if you get what i'm saying guys so anyways rossi where are you at on this so first off i want to give her credit for doing business the right way on the way out um, I think a lot of people in that situation might not. Um, and she had, you know, a pretty good little match with Roxanne. I mean, I was actually saying to some people, I think this is 
the best Mandy Rose match I've seen in a while. Um, and she really has improved over the last year, which is kind of disappointing that it came to this. But, you know, thinking about it a lot today and, you know, having seen some of these pictures over the course of the last couple months and then them starting to just get worse and worse, right? <laughs> or better or better, I should say. Um, it's been like not a surprising thing to see that we got to this day. Right. Um, especially seeing a picture of her getting what seemingly penetrated from the back by her fiance, um, in a shower. Like I kind of feel like that was where the line was crossed. Right. Um, but it's kind of a situation where an example had to be made. Right. Because yes, are they independent contractors? Yes. But are they part of a multi-billion dollar company? Also, yes. And there's so many partners involved with this. Um, there's Mattel, like you said, there's 2K. Say you give a action figure of Mandy Rose to your seven or eight-year-old son or daughter under the Christmas tree, thinking innocently it's just a wrestling figure, and they Google her name, and they just see a picture of her bare ass in a pool. I think that you kind of instantly regret giving her that wrestling figure, and then you might look poorly upon wrestling moving forward. So I completely understand the business stance that they had. I am kind of on board with you that they gave her the ultimatum and they were like, hey, you need to cut this shit out or slow it down or, you know, keep it to a classy level. Um, because you've got your people out there like your, your Shotzi's, your Scarlet's that are putting Lacey Evans that are putting pictures out there, but they're covered. They're not bare ass. Um, and for Mandy to, you know, continue to do it, obviously the money is there. I'm sure she's making more money doing this than her WWE contract was. And that's not to say she has a bad WWE contract because apparently she still, still still had a main roster deal. Uh, but she just she clearly made a decision uh, that this is something that she wants to keep doing. Uh, maybe she'll decide down the road, hey, I can, you know, do something else with this. You know, maybe Vivid comes calling if that's even still a thing. I don't know. Um, but there's a lot of different things that she can probably continue down this avenue doing. But, you know, I do believe that if she does clean up her act, that WWE would bring her back. Um, obviously, probably not like for the Rumble or anything quickly. But um, there's, I respect how she went out the door. Um, and I also respect their decision. I think that it was the right decision to make for their brand. And it set a precedence that, you know, you work for a billion dollar company. Um, you know, I work for a billion dollar company too. And I think that the same fate would happen to one of my employees if she was lambasting herself all over the internet. So, um, there's, there's people that are social justice warriors about this one, but I think it's pretty cut and dry people comparing it to Athena when she was told to dress sexier on TV. No, that's your character. And that's to dress sexier, not to be a nude model on the internet. That's completely her choice. She made that decision. She's now living with it, and she probably is happy about living it because the checks keep coming in. So I see both sides of it. I wish her well. Um, she unfortunately was kind of hitting her stride as a character, um, and you know I think a main roster one would have been big for her, but she made a decision, and hey, that's best for her, so so be it. Rocco, were you upset when she got f- canned, fired, quit, whatever, and that premium – was $25 and it was instantly bumped up to $40. Is that $15 increase going to hurt you? I have deep pockets. So, uh, no, okay. I'm good. good. I have like old, the old Jinko jeans pockets when it comes to that stuff. Oh, I can um, see you wearing Jinko jeans in like 1998. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Never <laughs> a juggalo. Um, Mike, I, t- I kind of disagree with you on the whole thing. Cause 
on the because the, there are plenty of actresses who are in Marvel movies and kids movies that do uh, simulated sex scenes and movies and do nude scenes and movies. And that stuff gets posted all over the same sites that this stuff would get posted at. And no one really cares that the chick who played Black Widow was nude in a million movies. So I kind of don't agree in that terms that it's going to really uh, should affect anything any way like that, because to me, it's just it just I don't see the correlation between that. I think they're being petty. I think they don't like being told no. And I think she kind of wanted out. I think they may have said, hey, we don't want you to do this anymore. And she said, well, fuck it. I don't care what you said. I don't know her fucking money situation, but, you know, looking up some of the numbers on these people and going, who, like, how much can you make? I was fucking shocked today, dude. Like, there are people yeah. making like $20 million. Like, and see, the thing is, too, is like being on those platforms for them isn't just, I know I saw a lot of people talking about like who would pay to see them. Like, it's, like, it's actually like an interactive platform for so ref, wrestling nerds feel like they get to talk to these people. And we've all gone to wrestling shows. You see how fucking creepy these motherfuckers are, dude, trying to buy, like, worn ring gear and shit like that. So she's she doesn't have to take a bump again for, like, 15 years, and she can just go to wrestling conventions and sell random shit and random po- photos to all these fucking guys, and she's fine. So I think she's going to be fine. I think she kind of wanted to. I, I think there is a little bit of a double standard there um, with, like, now can you hire a guy like X-Pac? And I'm not comparing it to people who've had their shit leaked. I'm comparing it to people who like, literally made adult material like an X-Pac. Like, and the whole China thing that they've always said, it's like, people could look up anyone's anything, you know? Like, like Matt Riddle now, look, look at him. Like, that will, we wouldn't even count the stuff that he, you know, actually, like, that's just, you're, now you know this guy's a drug addict. And Shawn Michaels, they have so much, in, they've, on their own network, they have so many instances of the people on their network talking about all the terrible shit they've done in the past. So maybe that's just it, even though it's not terrible to do. If you want to make money being a hot chick, you should be able to do it or a hot guy. So I just think it's, uh, like you said, I think there's so many places for her to go right now too. I mean, we're going to talk about how much money could be out there for a girl going, a woman going to a different place now. So, Hey, uh, I do not think she is going to suffer at all financially for this. And I think it's kind of fucked up that they spent 400 days with this. And she has such a good track record of being like, she made like, she made tough enough when she was on it. She got over this fucking tag team. This, the whole show NXT 20.0 was based on her, and she yeah, got nice. it over. She was the most popular thing on there, you know. She got Otis over for fuck's sake. So I think they made a mistake, and uh, I think she wanted out a little bit. And uh, listen, Trips has been known to be spiteful, right? So maybe he didn't like her. Maybe he didn't like Tino from his uh, days in NXT, right? Well, I'm so. So let me let me ret- let. Let me retort to that really quickly, Ryan, then I'll let you finish it. Um, if her contract states that she can't do this and it's part of her, their agreement with Mattel, it's part of their agreement with 2K. A lot of people always thought that Vince was just being a pain in the ass and not letting them do stuff like this. But if it's part of the contract, she signed that contract and she was warned about it and told, hey, cut the shit. Calm it down. You can still make the same money without whipping them out, right? And she still does it. I don't have sympathy for her. But why would and, Mattel and feel, have that contract for WWE, WWE guys and not like Hollywood actresses who get naked? Or Bella Thorne is very popular. She has a I, uh, she has an OnlyFans as well. Going, I'm just going by what I've I've heard today about Mattel being the primary one that's the issue. Um, and I know 2K's got this ironclad thing. I mean, we'll talk about Sasha here in a minute. I mean, obviously a different set of scenarios, but the biggest issues they supposedly had in her buyout or whatever was the amount of money that was still tied into Mattel and 2K through her. 
they those two companies make WWE a shitload of money, and it's a publicly traded company. It's not like you know I run a tire barn and my employee starts doing it. Like at that point, it's whatever. But this is a lot of money in the line, and it just it seems like it's it was more of a breach of contract than anything. And you know. I get your point completely when it's like the X-Pac Shawn Michaels stuff, but it's a different time, you know, and, and things X-Pac, I mean, I, I don't know if that, that entire, I don't really even want to look up the details of that, but uh, it's just, I don't know if it's part of the contract and they told her, Hey, this is in your contract. You got to cut the shit. And she didn't, it is what it is. You know, it just seems weird that they would have a contract. Mattel would have a contract with WWE wrestlers and not with, Hollywood actresses or actors doing the same kind of stuff because they are they all do have stuff like this and they put out they do magazine risque photo shoots and stuff like that and have nude scenes in movies that aren't the the Marvel movies and stuff and it's you know like the chick who plays Scarlet Witch could be in a nude scene in this a sex scene in a movie the movie right after the Marvel movie and it's it doesn't seem to carry over to that maybe because yeah maybe they just don't have though. Well, I mean, you're having a simulated like, sex scene in a Marvel, in, in like an indie movie, like you know, it's I'm not gonna go through the fucking Mr. Skin list right now, but like you could pull up all those chicks doing stuff that ain't the fucking, uh, you know, most PG stuff. I just think that they have a hold over WWE guys, maybe you know, because they need that more. So uh, uh, Mandy Rose is not making as much as Scarlett Johansson. So like, if you said that to Scarlett Johansson, she say, "Well, fuck you. You need me more than I need you." So maybe that's and it. they they might they might take that out of the contract and say, Hey, you can do whatever the fuck you want because we have to pay you $25 million in this movie. Right. Uh, when Mandy Rose probably makes what, what half a million a year. Yeah. Maybe? I mean, yeah, that could be it. Right. I mean, it's just the case of they need, you know, she wanted that. Yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense, but I still think it's a well, listen, she's going to come back. She's going to be bigger than ever. <laughs> see, see, I think that her, her peak for potential is right now coming off the NXT run. You know, it gets a little fuzzy once you're once you're gone. It's like, all right, well, you know, can we trust you in a way when you you went a little rogue on us here? But I understand. I'm somewhere in the middle. Uh, I I understand all parts. I just I'm just like a little disappointed. It's unfortunate, really. You know, I, I thought that is she here's the thing. It's it's smart in one end by her because, you know, she's making that scratch, of course. And it's also smart on her, too, because this is the peak of her you know, her potential and let's be, let's be real guys. If she went to the WWE raw or SmackDown right now, she's probably not going to live up to that potential due to her skill set, unfortunately. You know what I mean? So. I mean, they booked it right, but yeah, like her coming out and just destroying Ronda after losing the belt would have been a very interesting way to go about it, but. Are they going to do that? Gonna, you know, yeah, it, I don't think that was going to happen anyway. But. You know, then you, then you then you have you know we'll get into Sasha in a second. You have potentially Sasha coming back. You have Bailey floating around. You have girls that are just better than her. You know what mm. I mean? And has she improved tenfold? Of course, you know. But has she improved enough on that point? But it's it's a scripted business. They could have pushed her, and it could have could have happened. And then if she gets on that Sasha, Bailey, Charlotte, Becky level. Under level, is she making more than she is now for a longer term time? That titties are always going to be there. You know what I mean? That's what. I, so that's the kind of I'm saying. Those that titties, that ass is always going to be there. Um, and if you could, you know, if you went there and became a bigger star within the WWE, made more WWE money, withstand it, you can always go back to show, shaking that ass a little bit. So, 
but I, I definitely agree right now why she why she did what she did, too. So it's just a rock and a hard place. And it's it's, it's unfortunate. It was definitely out of nowhere. Um, it's after the deadline match was supposed to be on New Year's Evil, which is the second week in December or January. And now I was like, this match is tonight. And obviously now we know why, <laughs> you know, so I don't know, I'm somewhere in the middle. I understand the sentiment Rocco made. I understand the sentiment Rossi made. Um, it's And I just, my overall feeling is just eh, unfortunate, you know. But uh, while we're on the topic of women, um, Sasha Banks, you know, it came out that without her confirming, and she today on Bailey's little Instagram live, she kind of alluded to either she was hiding it or she alluded to eh, not everything you hear is true. But it came out over the weekend. A few people had it, and Meltzer kind of put his own spin on it, too, in a weird way that we'll get into, that she's going to be on New Japan uh, around the Tokyo Dome, a few nights before the Tokyo Dome, or I I don't know. But she's going to be appearing at um, New Japan's um, at the beginning of the year, Uh, way back when we, you know, we we said that she's going to be in our WWE contract is going to be tied to the end of 2022. So that ended up being very true. Um, there was points where they talked about her returning, but she's very firm on money. Um, of course, legally, she's kind of lost a little money trying to fight this WWE battle, but the WWE using Mattel and 2K or whatever and potential earnings as an excuse to kind of hold her. Um, then the change of management, you know, you think Triple H would be a little more friendly with the Sasha brand name. But if Sasha's out here throwing around Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar money, um, and even maybe even a little more to be the rumor, I don't know if they're in that kind of game. So we'll start with you, Rocco. Um, I have a feeling you're going to lie on Sasha's side here. Um, do you, and first of all, do you believe the rumors that she is going to be um, around the Tokyo Dome at the beginning of January? And Meltzer, just to kind of put a bow on the Meltzer, Meltzer of it all, he said that she could pull out at any time and go back to the WWE. So I guess she's in talks. Um, she hasn't confirmed anything. Is this bitch getting paid? <laughs> Rocco, where are you at with Sasha? Um, shit. I mean, I think she should do it. I think she's going to – I think it's kind of a bet on yourself kind of thing, and it seems like that. What that, she, which, that is what she has been doing since she left. She asked for the money she wants. She asked for the money she feels like she's deserved. I don't know the number. I think she's I think she's worth all whatever they whatever she's asking. I think she's worth it in terms of I th- the upside I see in her comparatively to some of the other names you're throwing out there. And um, if she goes to New Japan or stardom or whatever she does and gets this crazy amount, look at what happened with Jericho. You know, he went over there when people thought he was washed up, kind of. And he blew up their numbers for their uh, attendance, blew up their uh, numbers for subscriptions to New Japan World. And then got a great deal in AEW and then helped almost create a company just from that like weird kind of buzz that happened. I'm being a little hyperbolic, but he really did just where you thought like, oh, it was almost like a novelty become this big thing. And just her doing that, if she's right about herself and people do flock to see it because it is a big deal. She's the first of the four horse women to leave, really. Like, I mean, Charlotte's kind of MIA, but she don't seem like she's ever going anywhere. But she's also one of the first. Who's a guy that's main event? Who's a person that's main evented a WrestleMania, like a real main evented the last match on the card? Doesn't matter if it's one or two in the past like few years. That's gone. You know, you got your Romans, your Brocks, your Biancas and stuff like that. And I know she's one of the ones. And 
her leaving is a big fucking deal to me. And the stuff that they could really do without Vince being so tight, and when I talk about Mandy style shit, but think about how big, think of how often you have seen her doing stuff in a social media aspect, seeing different places, doing runway stuff, being in TV and movies and shit. Like, she could blow the fuck up, dude. Like, and that just makes her bigger and bigger. So I, I, I'm all for it. I think she rules. I would love to see, see her in a starter match against fucking like Kyrie Sane or something like that. And I think she's worth it. I think she, her, her upside is so big. And I don't think it was ever really seen by the previous thing, uh, the previous uh, running dudes running the show. So it, it's interesting that there's a, you know, you think Trips is her guy. But like we said before in many other shows, money's money. Doesn't matter if we're friends or family. Like I'm gonna go where what's best for my direct family, and that's where the money's gonna be. And to be happy, and it seems like she wants to be happy doing shit like that too. So I'm all for it. All right. So, so just to put a little, add a little extra here. Um, she has a marijuana line coming up, and then she has a makeup line coming up, and she trademarked three different things. I don't fucking remember the name. So of course she could use one of those names as a wrestling name within Japan if she was to go there and not use the Sasha Banks name. I know Rossi has his theories or whatever, but here's the little thing. Jericho made $100,000 per appearance with NJPW. So that's, I would assume, and, and Meltzer alluded to that Sasha would be making at least that. She, uh, he'd be, she'd be making at least Jericho money. And if they want to kick off that women's division, and man, she, and she's not really risking much too. She's going in there wrestling Kyrie Sane, someone she's very familiar with, someone's very safe, someone she's wrestled in the past. So she's not really risking her body against like a young girl or whatever. So she's been training, she, she's been doing whatever, and it could be a leverage place also. So that's it depends a big market too. And Joshi women wrestlers like stardom and those women make a lot of money doing other multimedia stuff with yes. like, merch and appearing on tv shows and stuff like that if she becomes a huge wrestler in japan outside of the wwe like like once again it's, it's just all this stuff prove like people are making money in so many different ways now that you know they don't ha you don't have to be beholden to your boss anymore if you don't want to do what your boss tells you what to do right yep I hear you, and the door is always open. You know, you, you look at guys, the history of guys in WWE. Yeah, we just mentioned, like, Road Dogg and x Road Dogg Dog literally went on TV with a fake nose calling out Triple H, calling a big nose loser on TNA, and he's the, one of the most popular, like, powerful dudes in the WWE right now. Now he's one of his colonels. You know yeah, what I mean? right. So, so it's that it's she'll be back. It's just kind of like, is it going to be years? Is it going to be a month? Is it going to be a few days? You know, is it going to be with her tail between her legs or just getting rolling in money with a crazy deal? And I'm betting on the on the on the latter. So I just don't know if it's like it could be a poker chip from someone. You know what I mean? It's like with her on Bailey's little Instagram live today alluding to. Uh, rumors are rumors. I am like I haven't said anything and. You know, people don't really know what they're talking about. And, of course, she could be working us or, you know, she could be add, adding spice and flavor to that also. So, I don't know, with the pot money, uh, the makeup money, um, Star Wars, she's training to wrestle. So she's going to wrestle. And she's just making an appearance. But she's going to make some cash regardless. Rossi, let's tag you in here. It's going to be a hot tag. Uh, I laid the floor on Sasha. Rocco added his two cents. What's your conspiracy theory here, let's say? All right, so I've been paying way too much fucking attention to this. Like, this has been, like, Bray Wyatt levels for me when he was first doing the White Rabbit thing, and you guys know how much I rambled <laughs> about that bullshit. So 
it, for the record, we still don't know what the fuck is going on with no, that. No, we still don't. I'm more, actually more confused now than I was then. But <laughs> but anyway, so back in 2020, uh, pre-pandemic, Kyrie Sane left WWE, and but she was still in a WWE contract. She moved back to Japan and moved into what was going to be the new offices of NXT Japan. And she was going to potentially sign an exclusive contract that, you know, leaves her in Japan, but she's going to be kind of the face of the NXT Japan promotion, which was obviously all killed by the pandemic. And then obviously, you know, AEW beating NXT and NXT kind of losing favor to the boss. Um, That kind of killed that entire thing. So then her contract expired and then she, you know, let it go. And now she's back with stardom and new Japan as their first woman's champion. Now the main idea that Kyrie wanted at that in 2020, she wants to bring um, bridge the gap between American and Japanese wrestling. Okay. Um, Because she thought that there's so many talented women in Japan that have never gotten a sniff in the United States um, and vice versa. There's a lot of talented women in the United States that would really do excellent in Japan. Now we fast forward to this point and, you know, Sasha Banks, we all know that she's been kind of an ongoing negotiations with WWE at some point in the last six months, right? Probably really amplified once Triple H came into power. Do we really think that Naomi's not going to come back? I feel like they've kept her away because eventually, you know, they want to bring them maybe back together or maybe, you know, they come back together, but then they separate again. I don't know how that road would go, but I found a little bit weird that Naomi hasn't been back yet because, you know, there's probably some, a good area of opportunity there as well with her to have a better opportunity under a triple H than she may have under a Vince, especially when you're bringing in these people that don't have a ton of main roster experience, like your um, Tegan Knox and people of that nature that have just come in and been given relatively prominent spots in the show. Now, Let's fast forward to when they announced this. Um, the uh, no, They didn't announce it, but when the story leaked. The story leaked last Thursday, which was, I believe, the 8th. Soraya was on AEW and said, I'm going to L.A. and I'm going to need a tag partner and I'm going to face you guys. So now everybody's like, nobody's saying shit that it's Sasha Banks on that Wednesday night. The next day the new Japan story quote unquote leaks. And now everybody thinks it's Japan. And then also with a little bit of AEW mixed in. Now, if she has a Japan deal, which is what I'm thinking she does. She has a match set up with Kyrie at that won't be at the kingdom, but maybe at the dome when Kyrie wins her match, then Sasha jumps in the ring. They have a stare down and there's a challenge late. The biggest thing, again, that Kyrie Sane wants is for Japanese women's wrestlers to have a big impact in the United States. Okay, so February show, they're in they're in Los Angeles for Battle in the Valley. Now, that happens to be around the same time that AEW is running in L.A., but I don't really think that that is tied to each other. And they're in the Cow Pals, which is in San Francisco, so it's really not L.A., right? It just happens to be that they're in the same area. Now, let's kind of go off of Veer a little bit. Carl Anderson. Obviously, there was conversation with New Japan to get Carl Anderson back in the WWE while he was still an active New Japan champion. He defended the title this week, didn't lose it, and now he's going to Wrestle Kingdom as well. So, obviously, they have – I'm not saying – chair, 
but they have an agreement to play nice in the sandbox when it comes to Carl Anderson. And Carl Anderson is a pebble in the, in the sand, comparatively speaking, to Sasha Banks. Let's be honest. Now, Sasha Banks, say she offer from New Japan and says, hey, we want to bring you in. When can you come in? She says, December 31st. Okay, that's perfect. Let's bring you into Wrestle Kingdom, and we'll figure it out from there. So now she goes in, starts an angle with Carrie Sane. Or whatever, Carrie Heho, whatever her name is. So then now she comes back to Triple H and says, Hey, you know, I know we're off on money, but as part of our negotiation, I know maybe I'll take a little bit less from you, but I really want to do this new Japan angle and this new Japan run because I really think it's huge for women's wrestling, wrestling over to the United States from Japan. She wants to be a part of that. She thinks it's a huge opportunity. Now, Triple H was like, all right, cool. You go do that. You sign this contract with me. We'll give you this amount of money. And let me talk to New Japan. He calls Kyrie. He calls New Japan. He's like, hey, you know, I know we agreed to that Carl Anderson thing, but here's the deal. Let's help you get your women's division off the ground in the United States. We have much more power in the United States than AEW does with women's wrestling. So, you know, keep doing your thing with them. Obviously, we're not going to, you know, there's way too much money involved to do that men's stuff. But, you know, we've got Asuka. We've got uh, Dakota Kai, we've got Tegan Knox, we've got people that have impacted Japan as women's wrestlers. We can come up with some sort of an idea that we do something with, you know, maybe next time we do a tour of Japan, we do some sort of women's joint show. Maybe we figure that out later. But all, all that I want from you right now is you take Sasha Banks, you run your angle, you do the match with her in, in February. We're cool with that. But we want Kyrie in the Rumble. So now the situation plays out. Sasha shows up at Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, my God. The whole world thinks that she's going to now be in AEW. AEW comes in the 11th. She's not. Everyone's like, what the fuck's up with Sasha? Oh, she's wrestling for New Japan. She's wrestling for New Japan in, in February. That's her new job. All right, cool. Maybe AEW can sign her later. That's how the Internet's talking. But in reality, Sasha returns in the Rumble. Kyrie returns in the Rumble as a one-off. They go do their match in February. Now, so then I'm, I'm thinking about this, and I really think that it's viable. And now Asuka is randomly turning back into Kana. Like, she's doing all of her old Japanese stuff on, on Instagram. She come, shows up last night without the face paint on, but she still does the mist. But she's been teasing the old Kana Japan face paint on Instagram over the last couple of days. A switch over to, uh, to Kana, and now put, in her, put her into some sort of mix in that women's division with stardom is a huge fucking deal. She never worked in stardom. She was always a superstar in Japan, but it was never for stardom. So ultimately, you know, this doesn't have to be this long-term thing. I'm not saying AEW, I'm sorry, WWE and New Japan are come up to this women's talent arrangement. But I think it's, hey, you have a big show. You're going to defend that title in the U.S. for the first time. We want it to be Sasha Banks. We're comfortable with her work in Kyrie. We know Kyrie's safe. We know they have good history together. They can have a match together. Um, and she's not going to be going in there doing matches with, you know, Suri or Julia or whoever. But if you really want to play ball, we'll give you Oscar as well for a match. You know, and in fact, you know, maybe we'll get her into a persona that's a little bit more comfortable with her. We've been looking to do something different with her anyways. So you can have Kana for one night only. Put her in a match with everybody, anybody you want. We'll even bring her to fly her to Japan for you. We got Sasha Banks back under the contract. Maybe we can do business with her down the road. Let's see how this goes. Um, Sasha will scratch her New Japan itch. She'll scratch her stardom itch. She'll have a huge match with Kyrie. She's been training in Mexico to have a non-conventional WWE match. That's where the Kyrie match comes into play. 
And ultimately, handshakes are done, and then we'll see where it goes from there. Now, am I fucking crazy? I think you a lot of wishful thinking there. Um, you know, I've heard rumors that the AEW ROH streaming deal is going to be linked to the New Japan world somehow. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Is So New Japan could just be playing us all and putting their hands in every fucking pocket that they could, which is kind of smart. But I don't know. I think it's wishful thinking, but I don't know. You laid out a pretty good case. <laughs> like, I don't know. What do you think, Rocco? I think he, like, I'm like, all right. I, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. And then you, Rossi, don't forget, Sasha Banks is very good friends with the FTR boys who are free agents soon, too. And uh, they aren't too keen in the AEW of the AEW world now, you would think. They're going to be it. Um, on They're, they're going to be there. At the at the Tokyo Dome at Wrestle Kingdom, also defending their titles. So I don't know. There's a lot of comfortability there too, and being such good friends with them, I wouldn't rule out them being in the mix with whatever Sasha got going on too. If that's you know New Japan or you know, potentially back to the WWE post WrestleMania for them. But I don't know, Rocco, where are you at on all this? I mean, it's a very interesting thing that Mike laid out there, and it's like you're saying with the throwing the FTR in there is. If you're ever really going to do some kind of big thing to get Japanese people to, sorry, get American people to watch some more Japanese wrestling, especially women's Japanese wrestling, having a Sasha or an FTR, just some kind of, if it becomes a faction, it becomes like a um, a package deal, I think it's going to work a lot better than just going, hey, we're going to throw a random stardom show in America. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, I like that idea. Like, uh, yeah, I honestly think... <laughs> AEW seems like so far out of something she would do at this point where it's like, I think they really need to prove that they could deal with someone better, <laughs> women's division better than they have. Um, so, but that doesn't mean she can't be a part of that. But yeah, I mean, shit, I mean, they did have the Impact Champion on uh, the last Royal Rumble, the one before that, right? So having a belt, having Kyrie have the IWGP women's title in uh, Rumble is interesting, right? Um, and that's the part that I forgot. And that's what it's like, all right. New Japan's like, yeah, that's cool. You can have Kyrie, but she's got to walk to the ring with the title. And yeah, they're and like, sure, we just did that with Mickey. Fuck it. And that makes yeah. that title bigger, you know? Yeah, it, yeah, definitely. And it's because it is brand new. It literally will have just been defended, I believe, for the first time at uh, Wrestle Kingdom. It was uh, the match that she wanted. It is amazing. My Uwatani and her and Kyrie. She's going by Kyrie now with no last name. Was fucking amazing. So she could still go. Um, so yeah, having her come out with that title and whatever you're going to do with Asuka, I mean, you guys know I fucking love Asuka, so giving her a, a prime run would be awesome, especially because, you know, she's in her mid, her early 40s, so I don't know how much prime, I mean, she hasn't slowed down really to me, but, uh, yeah, man, I love it. I love it all. Yeah, I'm interested to see how it lays out. I don't really think... I don't know. I like sorry, I like that I said that she's not like in her prime and she just had like the best match with Rhea on a Monday. So, uh, yeah, fuck that. I, I, I still got a turn. She's fucking still rule. So and to see she's, her in a different position because she's had the same character other than being bad occasionally. Bad, bad. Jesus, bad occasionally. Uh, she had like having her go to some crazy killer character, which she had back then. is just cooler and fuck the licensing. I'm having an evil clown Japanese wrestler is, uh, you know, that's going to make some money. Yeah, Sasha, I mean, Asuka's due for, you know, a new set of paint, you know, of course. There's definitely tread on that tires. It just kind of needs a little tune-up for it to be effective because her now is just so mid-card, you know. But 
being that crazy clown kind of I, I just don't i want her to stay asuka as the name like i don't want to get like too crazy and change her name. yeah i don't think they need to change the name for that but like the persona for sure you yeah. know but um yeah hey we'll see how it maps out we'll see how that that take ages honestly i i, I hope it i hope it's true uh, my guards up i don't think she'll go to AEW, but i think she's just kind of gonna do her own thing i think she, you know she has an appreciation for women's wrestling in japan um and she has a lot of friends over there so oh i'm uh i'm curious but i hope she's there do you think aw would bring her in for a one shot without a contract i think they would i think they would too if 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 she's getting a hundred thousand dollars for new japan what what you know what would tony the mark money pay her you know what i mean but is it but that's the other thing is if she comes in for a one shot doesn't that just automatically mean that triple h just opens the wallet so she doesn't sign there i think her showing up and doing a one shot would be i think that doesn't benefit her at all i think that makes i think it benefits her if she wants to get the wwe contract i think using it and saying i have this deal but i think it's kind of i think wwf lifers and super fans who really hate AEW would dislike the fact that she's there like i think like a guy like yeah i don't think she's i'm sorry i don't think she's gonna do new japan like exclusively because she run like we were saying earlier she runs two companies in the united states you know what i mean like i don't think that i mean obviously there's value in expanding that brand into japan but it's not she's going to be needed here. You know what I mean? So there's got to be some sort of connection with somebody in Japan and somebody in the United States or she could just wrestle four times a year for them. I don't know. But I just feel like you're to your point that I know that I'm sorry, I just cut you off on. Um, I really think that she's got that name value that she's got people by the balls. But I why I first started thinking this is this feels like a leak to make people think she's going to AEW so that eventual rumble surprise is going to feel like a bigger deal than it would have otherwise yeah but what are you doing with her at rumble is she going to take one of the two spots that's the hold up with her you know she wants to be portrayed on tv as she portrays herself you know agree or disagree you know as soon as she got sniffed around ronda that's when she freaked out so that's still a thing also she talked about ronda on that thing today or that thing with bailey and it wasn't very negative I don't know if you caught it was, that. It was to lose to Ronda. <laughs> That's yeah. when she freaked out. Oh, with, yeah. no, when, with no build when she's the tag champion as well. Just to be thrown to her one week, to have Naomi thrown to her the next week was the big issue. It's well, the no, same, it, like, it was Naomi one week and it was her at the pay-per-view. So there was like still, she shouldn't be doing that. But she was just, it was just, no, well, at the end of the day, it was just putting her and slotting her as an upper mid-cutter and a placeholder for Ronda, who was getting established at the time. So I, I like, and she's like, that's my spot. Fuck you. <laughs> I think she'll do whatever she can do for women's wrestling to make it thrive. I feel like that's her biggest thing. And I give her credit for that. And that might be signing the biggest guaranteed women's contract ever. Now, do I think Tony Khan might give it to her? Yes, but. If Tony Khan gives it to her, it doesn't trickle down to the industry like. Yeah, but who's she going to work with? That's what I mean. It, that's why I don't really see that that's viable. It's That's not going to trickle yeah. down to the. And I mean, that's literally would be her debut working with Paige, the second biggest star in the company now besides her. And then <laughs> your champion and your the real the face of the company right across from you. It's right, just, that's her big deal. match right off the bat. And then ultimately Jade's the biggest feud for her. And that's a secondary title. Yeah, but it's treated like the better title. <laughs> and I feel like Jade wants to go to WWE too, for fuck's sakes. It just it seemed I mean she would be a star there. 
Yeah, I think you want everyone to go to WWE, though. <laughs> that's the sentiment I get lately. But anyways, I don't know. That's that's the big two stories. You know, we hit them up. Um, anything else before we get out of the news? No, nah, man, that's all I think. Uh, I just think, like you said, I, I really don't think people follow people from the WWE to AEW. I think that's a that's a dead idea. Like, even if Roman Reigns went there, there's going to still be WWE fans who will not watch it. Because there's, there's that very big tribalism, even more so on that side than even the other way. Because it's just how it is right now. I mean, you guys see, you guys read all the fucking shit, and you know the discourse, you talk to people. There are just people out there who don't want to watch a AEW thing and don't want to see their guys there. And there's a lot of good reasons, a lot of shit that have been done to dudes like a Miro kind of guy where you had all these high hopes. So I think it's almost negative to her to go there. And then if it fizzles, that works te- terrible for her. And there's been a lot of guys who have gone there where it's like, hmm. No one kind of followed you here. You're not doing much because you're not one of the the favorite toys of the owner. So, and then they just look like, I don't know, Miro looked like he was going to be the fucking shit. If he goes back to WWE now, I think he's worse off than he was when he left, you know, maybe not completely, but I just, yeah. So that's what I'm thinking is that it doesn't benefit her to go there because the big pop and then what happens after that. Yeah. We talk about wanting to change the women's wrestling I guess, but also money talks too. If you want me to go in there and put over Ronda, if you want me to go in there and put over Charlotte yet again, um, my pockets better be fucking deep. So yeah, of course she wants to, but she's also trying to get paid too. So it's like, uh, let me change wrestling or pay me. So at the core, it's, it's kind of about her with her. So what anyways, I rock a, um, a few WrestleMania matches were rumored. Let me just get your quick thought on them. Okay. Roman rock. Yay or nay. Just give me a yay or nay on these. Roman Rock. Like, do I want to see it or do I think yeah. it's going to happen? Uh, Both. No. Both. I want to see it happen. I don't want to see it be Roman's WrestleMania this year. All right. Gunther Brock. <laughs> yeah. How do you not want to see that? Usos versus KO and Sammy. I don't think it's the best payoff for Sammy's story. Okay. Is that connecting to the you don't want to see Roman match? Roman Rock match? Probably yes. Probably yes. For both okay. of them. Like either one of those guys, I think, could be the guy. But not – that seems like a, a – even though the tag titles seem important, more important than a long time, uh, yeah, I just don't think that's the best way to pay off this whole thing. All right. Um, and I especially don't want to see Sammy be a double champion because I'm so sick of double champions in this company. Yeah, I'm, I'm agree. Uh, Ray Dom? <laughs> uh, or some no. iteration of it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like to see a little mixed tag with a little, add some little spice to it, a little Bad Bunny or something in there. Yeah, all right. Uh, Becky, Ronda? I don't want to see Ronda do anything unless Becky just destroys her, <laughs> fucking gotcha. annihilates her. Charlotte Bianca. Yeah, that's a fucking money match right there. That could be the best match, women's match in wrestling history. <laughs> yeah, it is. And then uh, I got one question for you before we hit the uh, the next segment. What the fuck do you do with Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania? Oh, interesting question. Hard, right? That is, that is a great question. That is a great. Is that his first match? Uh, well, I think faces, I bet you he faces L.A. Knight. Uh, oh yeah, that's good. I forgot about that. Yeah, destroys him in one, and then yeah, it might be his first real match against somebody. That is a really good question. Yeah, it's interesting. Especially, and, too, because he's got to go on late, too. You factor that stuff in because he can't have the daytime entrance and get his entrance destroyed like it was all those uh, the other time. Yeah, I believe they have Code Orange already booked. <laughs> when is this match appealing to you? Stone Cold Steve Austin versus John Cena. 
Yeah, of course. I want to see Stone Cold do anything. And yeah. uh, I think it'll be a sick match if that happens. Yeah, that would be shit, man. I mean, that's the main event, though, right? We'll see at the next segment. That's two bigger. St- OK, sorry. There's two bigger stars than The Rock in the rain. So <laughs> I just wanted you to two cents on it, Rocco. <laughs> Talked about WrestleMania previews. We're bringing in Shiflet. Shiflet. Last year, we were, I think we predicted maybe one match correct <laughs> two times when we made our WrestleMania card. First time we did it at, on my Survivor Series preview, and the second time we did it, I think on my Vengeance preview. And I think combined, we had one WrestleMania 38 match. Made. Yeah, that- yeah, that sounds right. I do remember we were saying Hit Row was gonna. Uh, have a lot to do and then they got cut literally like the next week and that that always makes me laugh and it, <laughs> and it happened with like a couple other wrestlers i think we said maybe gargano and then like he didn't resign and it was it was just the whole thing and then we had uh i, I believe we didn't even have stone Cold and we didn't even have cody <laughs> because we no. did we did it so early so that's just the kind of the fun of just doing it early um uh, but the we brought in rossi this time rocco missed out we got 16 matches. We we have 95% of it done via text message, us three. Um, we're going to figure out a few on the fly, and then we're going to order up, make it in order on the fly also. So let's start up top, and then we'll kind of go back and forth on really what we kind of considered for each guy. Rock Roman, we considered splitting the titles, but I think we're just going to keep the titles together for now for the most part. Right, guys? It's yeah, the, let, it's the safe way to do, I think. And also, I don't know, like, it's not like Roman's been defending. Like, I'm going to be honest, I was a fan of having him defended on each night, but it's not like he's been defending each title yeah. separately. So I don't know why they would decide to change it up now. Um, I, but I'm sure they might write something, but I, I'm just not sure. And I think as we get through our card, you can kind of figure out why certain people aren't facing Roman and kind of why we land on The Rock. Um, I personally think The Rock's in. Um, there's enough tea leaves, enough rumors to kind of believe it. And last year at this time, he was out. So I think it's a done deal. You good with this, Rossi? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that it's really the logical move now for Reigns. I mean, I feel like he's kind of conquered everything else. So Rock's the way to go. And if you're ever going to do The Rock match, it's got to be this year with the time that he's freed up. In L.A., XFL, yada, yada, yada. Just, but let's just keep it for the title, and we'll figure out that situation post-WrestleMania. Because at, at the end of the day, I kind of like Roman having the belts for a whole year. All right, so the next match we got here is Gunther versus Brock. We ended up not doing the IC title, but us three love the match. Um, is there anything else you considered for Gunther, guys? No, once those rumors came through that he that he's fighting Lesnar, like I have that like locked and loaded. Like That's a match I want to see now, just these two horses going at each other. Unless you were going to do Cena, that's really the only other name. That's, that I would that's the one, too. That's that's definitely cute, but I think it's safe to – we just go Brock. We, we get the belt off Gunther somehow, multi-man, just whatever. You know, maybe Brock screws him somehow, some way, whatever, and then, uh, you know, that's it. All right, so Rock and Roman's marquee. The other marquee match we're going to go with is John Cena, the PG era, versus Stone Cold, the Attitude era. Uh, you know, two top five to ten – definitely top – Ten guys, two top five guys, two generational talents, um, just kind of colliding. It's it, it's big, big box office. 
sell WrestleMania on two nights, and this is selling night one in my eyes, guys. I know uh, we Cena and Austin were guys that we kind of bickered about and went back and forth. Shiflet, who are some guys that we considered for for Austin? Um, for Austin, I want to say Rollins. We thought of uh, Logan Paul yeah. was a, was another one, and I wanted Buck, we... but I wanted Cena more. Yeah, yeah, it's McAfee. just one of those. Yeah, McAfee, McAfee. Out there too. McAfee. Yeah, McAfee was the and other I'm one. And I'm just yes. thinking, yeah, and I'm just thinking off of last year when he stunned him that you know you could get an actual story out of it. And I, I and my my rejection was it's just we have Austin for maybe one or two maybe three more matches, and you know they trusted a guy in Kevin Owens last year who's doing it every night. McAfee's had maybe five matches in his career, and I don't think they're gonna trust Austin's neck with that. That's just my opinion, and. uh it's not big enough, you know. It's I want big. I want I want the big lights. Austin only has a few left. Let's let's uh he can do it. And then just him and Cena is just super cool on paper. Um, so the next match we ended up going with is the Usos versus KO and Sami Zayn. We didn't really bicker about this at all. We kind of just stayed in our lanes with that. Um, with Roman versus The Rock, there's nothing really else for KO and Sami, and it just makes logical sense. And we we didn't really split up the belts either. We'll figure that out post WrestleMania at the draft or whatever. So I do like the the bloodline coming in as is double champions, both Roman and the Usos. You guys agreed with this? Yes. All right. So I'd be this, shocked if if that match doesn't happen at this point. So yeah. I agree. A, a bar barring an injury, an unforeseen injury, that this yeah. is locked and loaded. Gotcha. All right. So this is kind of a match that we kind of landed on after bickering about Cena in Austin, and that's Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins. Um, just athletically, I think it's a great match. I think it's um, it's decent box office, and it's just you saw that Paul's athleticism against Roman, and then just him versus Rollins, same body type, same you know, same athleticism pretty much. I, I don't know. I just think it's it's interesting. What do you guys think? We couldn't really think of anything um, yeah. for Rollins, so this just makes total sense for me. So yeah. that's where I think we would go. Now, Rossi, I know you had a really cool idea for Logan Paul if it wasn't John Cena, and I fell in love with it, but we didn't really go with it. What was that? Oh, shit. I don't even remember. I threw so It was many, Cardona. So oh, back Cardona, yeah. And the reason I thought of that is, like, obviously Cardona coming back would be a big deal to, you know, a lot of people, but that this a match of this magnitude with kind of the media that they'd be able to do, I think would kind of elevate him to a higher level. Um, and I think, I mean, any singles match at Mania for a Matt Cardona when he's been toiling in the Indies is a big deal. But I just feel like this is a spot that, you know, you can really get, you know, a lot of the internet stuff going because who's Logan Paul's known for social media and Cardona is known for social media. So yep. it just fits. I fell in love with it. And the personalities just fucking are perfect together. What's up, Scott? And also there's a rumor that E is going to do another couple wrestling couple show and they threw around chelsea green's name and she's obviously married to cardona so if yeah, this does happen that would make total sense yeah we might have should have gone with this one but hey it, it's I'm, I'm i'm pretty happy where we landed that's a, that's a fun one that we didn't really cross upon all right so the mid-card titles are focus points under triple h so we have to focus them on wrestlemania and organically these were theory was a guy that we tossed around for Austin, we tossed around for Cena, but we landed with him for Johnny Gargano for the United States title. I don't see a bump in the road here. I think Theory is still the U.S. champion. I'm not sure who goes over, but uh, I forget which one of you guys recommended this one, but either way, I think it's a, it's a solid match, and the story tells itself. 
Yeah, and they had the like when Gargano redebuted, it was against Theory. So, yep. and you know they have the history with the with um the way. So, it it, it works out. Plus, if you want to put Theory into a big mania spot where he can have like a match of the night type of deal, I don't think there's many people that Triple H trusts to put him in that spot than Gargano. So I think it fits. I mean, obviously doing him with Cena has kind of always been teased, but you can do that whenever. Like, you know, see yeah. putting Cena with an Austin when, you know, you might only have a couple swings left with Austin. Yeah. Might as well use this spot to make Theory look like a stud in the ring, which is he is. It's just it hasn't always showcased that way. But I mean, his raw matches have been good. So give him Gargano, they'll have a banger. And they've been slowly building up the way, and it could culminate at WrestleMania. Perfect. All right, so that's the U.S. title. We have the Intercontinental title, and somehow we we put that title on Braun Strowman from here to WrestleMania, and the perfect guy to take that belt off him. Braun being the placeholder, and he earned it, and it's Sheamus. Sheamus finally wins the Intercontinental Champion to become a Triple Crown Champion, or a whatever, Triple Crown, Quadruple Crown, whatever champion at WrestleMania. And uh, this would be a fun Haas battle, I think. Um, not as up to the standards that Sheamus has been having, but this would be a kick-ass, you know, eight, nine, ten-minute match on a card. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Sheamus has had a hell of a year, as we've seen, you know, and he's being rewarded for it, and now he'll get the ultimate reward uh, at Mania. Yep. And All Braun right. does good in these big man matches, so I mean, if he can get a decent match out of almost, then I think him and Sheamus will be perfectly fine. Yep. So the next one we got here is let's just hammer out the ones that we are we're confident about. Um, the 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 next one being this could be a main event on one night. That's Becky versus Ronda for the SmackDown title. Becky wins the Rumble, or they don't. She doesn't need the num win the Rumble, whatever. We end up with Becky versus Ronda. Uh, Fox promised you Ronda versus Charlotte the first year and Becky versus Ronda the second year. This is the second year. Ronda's a little cold, but one promo with Becky will heat that son of a bitch up. So what do you guys say? Yeah, I mean, I think that this is the definitely a situation where they've been building to this really going back to that Mania in New York when Ronda, you know, won the title. I'm sorry, when Ronda lost the title to Becky. So now they have the singles match. It's the perfect time in L.A. to culminate it. Yep, and then the next one we have here is Charlotte versus Bianca for the Raw Women's. Now, I think this could easily be the best women's wrestling match of all time, you know, even including the NXT ones with Bailey and Charlotte. Just on paper, I just think it could absolutely bang. It's just easy, you know what I mean? Athletically, these girls could just have could just easily just go out there and have a 20-minute classic. Yeah, I agree. When I, when I think about matches sometimes for Mania, I think about the fact that there's a lot of people out there that only watch Manias, right? So people that watched last year's Mania saw Bianca win, saw Charlotte win. Now this is going to look like a huge match for them this year. Shiflet, what do you think? Who wins the Rumble? We just went over Bianca and Charlotte and Becky and Ronda. Which one are you having win the Rumble, Becky or Charlotte? I don't want either of them to win, but with those, I know, right? I, probably go with Charlotte, have her return at the Rumble. So she's been okay. gone for how long now? It's been. It's May backlash. Yeah, May. Wow. Yeah. So she's That's seven eight know, months. Yeah. She'll blow like everyone will lose their mind when she comes out. Say it like 24, 25 at the Rumble and she wins. And we're, we got the story right there. Perfect. All right. So those are our two women's title matches. The next match we got here is kind of a unique match. And this is kind of crossing a lot of I's and dotting a lot of T's, what we talked about earlier. That's Cody Rhodes versus Drew McIntyre. Uh, I think, Scott, you suggested that maybe 
Drew eliminates Cody in the Royal Rumble. I suggest Drew turns heel. Cody's going down the Drew path of leaving the WWE, coming back a bigger star to win the WWE title. It pisses off Drew. Drew's moment was stolen. The story writes itself. Um, and I just think that it's perfect and fresh for both guys. Um, it would solidify Cody's return as a baby face. And it would just, Drew as that heel would just be, you know, it's, it's kind of a little overdue. And I think he'd be awesome. You know, so this is a match we kind of all were like, ooh, that's good. And, and also, Drew, you know, carried the WWE, like, uh, through the pandemic era. And I'm interested to see what history says about that time. Because, you yeah. know, they didn't have crowds or anything. That's when he won his first title. The whole thing is weird. And he lost that Clash of the Castle, which I'm okay with. But I'm not okay with him singing, you know, American Pie at the end. There, they should have cut that off. It kind of made him like a joke. So, I think this is needed because we haven't seen him as a heel since he was with Ziggler and they were the uh, the War Dogs, which was a horrible name. It would be nice and refreshing, and he can be like, you were supposed to be the chosen one like me, except for I, quote-unquote, grabbed the brass ring and then have Cody beat him and maybe Cody win the title at SummerSlam. Yeah, it just it, – it, with The Rock and the one title not being split, it just doesn't feel like it's Cody's time yet. Or, you know, it's potential where – it could be Cody's time, and it could actually maybe get rejected if it's like a little ham-fisted. Rossi, you good with this one? Yeah, I mean, to the point you guys had, I mean, I always thought this was a natural feud because they kind of had similar career paths. So obviously, Cody's on a much bigger scale, um, and there's so many ways you can get to a match like this. And and my my important thing once I realized Cody was probably not going to be in a world title match if we're going to do Rock and Reigns um, was making sure he got a world title level victory, meaning somebody that is held to that regard and you know, bounce around a couple of things, but Drew's the one I think that makes the most logical sense. Absolutely. All right. So before we get into our kind of little cluster fucks and a little back and forth, um, we kind of Lashley and Styles kind of landed against each other. Um, either we could do Hurt Business versus OC or we could just do Lashley versus Styles. And if Gargano doesn't need the Gargano in theory doesn't need the U.S. title, this could be the perfect U.S. title match. Or it could just be, you know, two legacy dudes that were in WrestleMania title matches in the past, haven't really faced each other, uh, clashing styles, and then just go out there. Shiftlet, six-man, or one-on-one? If they somehow reheat the Hurt Business to where they were, like I said, during the pandemic and when they took on, um, what was the name of that horrible? Retribution? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Where that would that was pretty awesome. Where they were like, all right, we're taking care of them. If they can reheat the hurt business, I think it would be very. I think it could work. If so, not, I would like so, to see Styles on Lashley. Well, Lashley seems to be going heel. I mean, he was, yeah. you know, while, while we're recording the week we recorded that we've recorded this, he has been fired by Adam Pierce. But then Pierce was like, oh, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. So something's going on with him. They've like been teasing this heel turn for quite a while now since. Since the match with uh, Brock, actually, that whole little mini feud with Brock, you couldn't really tell who the face and heel was. And I think he's going to be going full-blown heel shortly. Rossi, six-man, or to get more guys in the card and make it like a fun filler match or just kind of go out there and have like a legacy upper mid-card match? What do you call? It's your call. I think, I don't know. I feel like Anderson and Gallows are just happy to be involved in Mania. And if yeah. they're in his corner, even if you like – 
even to your hurt business thing, if Lashley puts that hurt business together, or say he puts a new one together with like almost or whatever, you can have that shit go on in the on the outside of the ring, and then you know those guys are still getting a mania payday from being involved, and ultimately the in ring products at its best when it's the two singles. All right, so opposite, you know, let's just put hand A. Hurt business as was, hand B, Lashley with the Street Profits and a new Hurt business, or plan C, AJ in some weird Japanese-style match that maybe we don't want to get too in the weeds with, but if there's some tea leaves or whatever, maybe we get something cute there. All right, so that's 13, uh, or 11 or 12, Dom versus Ray. Let's get there. Um, Singles. Or are we going to add Priest, add Bad Bunny? Is it Dom versus Bad Bunny? Because Ray refuses to fight his son singles yet. Uh, what say you guys with this whole Dom-Ray mess? Dom I would do a tag Ray. match. Well, the rumors is we get the tag match early in Puerto Rico. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Like, I'm looking at the card and that we put together, and I'm like, there's so many singles matches, which, you yeah. know, Mania always has a lot of, but I feel like there needs to be some more. And I, Bad Bunny in a singles match, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if that if he's gonna be able to pull that off. You never know. I wouldn't trust. I would. I would trust them to uh, believe their judgment on that. Uh, Scott, what, singles tag? What priest? Bad money? Eh. I think in singles with just Dom and Ray, maybe maybe Bad Bunny is the second for Ray and Priest is the second for for Dom, and like we get the Canadian destro- destroyer from Bad Bunny onto Priest. I just think it they've set this up perfectly. Like I love the Thanksgiving angle where mommy and uh and Dom attacked Ray at his house. I thought I love that. So yeah. you know pour more I, gas on it. Rhea definitely has to be involved with this sometime. So let's just tie in real quick. Edge versus Finn, is that a blow off in singles or do they make that like a Rhea and Beth? mixed tag match in some way uh or do they they can't i don't really think there's enough room in the card to split two singles off matches there or do we just combine this with the ray match add in finn add in edge add in the women add in me i don't know and just have like some war games type of thing like there's there's like this is like a pivot of like we didn't really know what to do here can you do edge ray bad bunny against judgment day with the two women on the outside could but then you're then now a shorter match though, or an eight man or something like that. I just I say we go yeah. Edge Finn in a blow off, and then we just have Rhea is with Dom, and we'll get to Rhea a little lately, and then maybe we'll do like the Bad Bunny with Dom and Ray, and that's the chaos match, you know, that's the fun chaos match, and then Edge will want to have his spectacle that doesn't live up to the hype. Let's do this. Let's do. Let's keep Ray and Dom in a singles match. Uh, and I got an I've got an idea. We'll get into it for Bad Bunny later. We'll we'll get into it. So Dom and Ray in a singles, you say? Yes. Yeah. Right. Then leave Edge and Finn of their own devices. They can be a singles match as well, maybe with a stip of some sort. All right. So these are the guys that I got in the money. In the we're gonna do men's men's and women's money in the bank. This is the men's money in the bank. I threw in Pat McAfee. I thought I just think this is the perfect spot for him. This doesn't really call for a singles match with him here, and I think it would be fun to throw him in that Money in the Bank chaos. I think it'd be great in it. The next one is the Street Profits, Dawkins, and Ford. Of course, we got Ricochet. We got L.A. Knight, of course. We got Cross as a base, and then we got like Santos too, who's kind of a hot young guy that could potentially win this. And then we have either Miz or Gable. Now. 
we flirted Gable Stevens versus Chad Gable, but I I don't think we have room for that, and I don't think Stevens is ready. So I don't know what which name will we not putting in here. Well, real quick, I was gonna say put Bad Bunny in that match. It sounds it sounds crazy, but that's that's I don't he can I don't do know. His, I, he can do his destroyers in his stupid spots and pop the crowd and I don't know. I, I just feel I feel like Bad Bunny's involved in some sort. Um, I just like the idea of him like working with a bunch of different people, kind of like he did in the Rumble. Um, I just watched that Rumble the other day from last year, and he did pretty good with a lot of guys he probably met 10 minutes before the match. So um, I, I, I don't know. I feel like you could maybe make – put some – my biggest thing with this Money in the Bank match is you're going to want to put star power in it, and, you know, Bad Bunny might help that. Yeah. Uh, well, you get McAfee. I don't know. That's two guys that don't really work. That You know what I mean? So I don't know. who Out of those names, who would you have win it? I would have Knight. Cross. Ugh. <laughs> I'm just um, saying that makes the most sense. I would have Gable. I mean, or if we or Ford, yeah, I would Ford. I was thinking Ford. Yeah. Well, the other thing too, guys, to think about is like, didn't they? Don't they still do an Andre on the SmackDown before? Supposedly, yeah. So I mean, there's guys that like the Good Brothers and stuff. Like they fit into that. Um, that might be a good spot for Gable Stevenson. Yeah, that's not bad. But, all right, so before we'll get back and put a bow on that, who the fuck's Bray Wyatt facing? God, or is, man. is it something we don't even know and it's culminating with one of the guys that, like, in his little group and that's, like, more of an angle than anything? Do we Him really versus not? Uncle Howdy? Ugh, I don't know. Well, well like, how, so here's the question is how's Alexa tied in? You know, I, I don't know. I put her in the women's. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough because there's like we've talked about this pretty much all day. We can't figure out an opponent for Bray. Um, there there I, could I be a million Cody. different options. I, yeah. I liked Cody, but I, I don't I don't really think even Cody. Drew. I mean, if you break up Cody and Drew, even Drew makes sense. Can we? I know Cody having a singles match is sexy, but can we rule out Cody winning Money in the Bank? Yeah, I thought of that too, but that's just that would just feel like such a letdown for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, that, that's the, that's like the one match down? that I feel like could get broken up by that. Unless there's something with Finn or Edge, um, you know, like a spooky type thing. Yeah, I thought, yeah, we thought Edge. Um, Cross, if he wasn't so disappointing. Yeah, Bray's tough, dude. <laughs> we don't know. So what? We're, we're about 13 or 14 deep, we've decided. We have Bray. Let me just read the women's I had as a uh, – as a may as maybes I put Rhea in the women's match, you know, night one, she comes out with Dom and she's involved in all that. And then night two, she wins the money in the bank. I had damage control, all three members. Um, they're still together. Bailey's trying to win money in the bank and she has the damage control girls in there helping her. So that's four people. I threw Candice in there. You know, she's a spotty little girl. She's trusted. She's good. Tegan and Liv, we don't have the titles defended on this card, so throw Liv in there for some star power, and then Tegan's her sidekick, whatever. And then the last girl I had in here was Sasha Banks, and I would have her win, if not with Rhea. She either wins Money in the Bank or she wins the tag titles with either Naomi or Bailey. Yeah, so you could do Bailey. Well, here's the thing. It's just damage control versus Bailey and and Sasha kind of like damage control kind of stinks. <laughs> yeah. Well, if damage control turns on them and then you have a natural turns on Bailey and then you have a natural connection already with Tegan and Dakota, you can make that a, a three way. 
um, with, but I don't, I don't know how much that screws with your money in the bank. Yeah. We we decided to ditch that that women's convulsion with the money in the bank. So yeah. I don't know. This is hard. This is this is tough. Uh, let's just kind of organize this, and then we'll find out put a bow on it. All right. So Rossi, let's do this. Night one, we're gonna open with Becky Ronda for the SmackDown. Then we're gonna do the men's money in the bank. Then we're gonna go Finn versus Edge. And then we're going to go Lashley versus Styles. So we're off to a pretty hard start. Second part of the night, Usos versus KO and Sammy. And then we're going to go to Gunther Brock. And then we're going to cool down with Braun and Sheamus. And then we're going to close the night with Cena and Austin. So that's uh, pretty lock and loaded. Yeah. All right. So night two, we're going to open with Theory and Johnny for night one. And then we're going to go Dom Ray. And then we're going to go number three, we're going to go women's money in the bank. Fourth, we're going to go Cody Drew. Fifth, we're going to go Logan Rollins. Sixth, we're going to go Charlotte Bianca. Seventh, we're going to do whatever the fuck Bray's doing. And then eighth, we got The Rock versus Roman for the double belts. I think that's perfect. The Bray buffer before fucking yeah. The Rock versus Roman Reigns makes the most sense. Yeah. And we're not sure what that's going to be. And, uh, we're not ready to fill it in. Let's just say Bo Dallas for now as a, you know, and then they figure out and then he gets into motion with whatever he's doing. Yeah, there you go. All right, cool. So, you know, that's that's kind of the WrestleMania rumors came out. So we kind of put a bow on it. Shiflet dipped a little early, but, you know, that's the segment of the podcast, Mike. Excellent. Sounds good, man. Can't wait to see how fucking wrong we are. I think we'll do better than we did last year. But I also said we'll do – I thought we did pretty good last year. So, you know, it, it is what it is. All right. What do we got next, Rosie? All right. So next I'm going to hit you guys with a tag team in two names that I think – One's definitely going to be higher this year than he was in 2017. Um, and the other one, probably lower than he was in 2017. Um, this would be the Rhodes brothers of Cody and Dustin. So where did you guys have these guys? Tyler, let's hit uh, Goldust first. So Goldust was one of the most pimp guys for this project in 2017. Uh, and I, Ryan, I'm assuming that's the guy you were, when you mentioned it earlier. Correct. That, that will show in the ranking when we get to him from 2017. So I've got him on my, my draft for this list at number 79. So he, he's safely on, but he's not super high on the list. I think his tag work with Cody is my favorite of his work. Well, I mean, I, I know that's, you know, this most high-profile high and and great stuff. Um, I enjoyed his tag with Booker, um, kind of more from a character perspective, though in ring it was – it was solid to good, um, not great, but but up to good. Um, I think he was a, you know, really unique character when he debuted, and he has a lot of longevity. Uh, and I've heard his work on the C shows has been really promoted. So, uh, and we've got the guy to talk about that here with Mr. Ryan Gray, the the king of the C show list there. <laughs> so I don't know if I take that as a compliment. I didn't mean you were a C level. I know, I'm kidding, buddy. I'm kidding. I'm talking I about, I know you keep track of those matches on those C-shows. 
No, I know, I know. All right, so longevity and charisma is it. Uh, star power ain't bad. Flexibility is really good as, he, you know, he can go up and down the car, baby face, heel, um, different iterations of Goldust, Attitude Era Goldust, pre-Attitude Era Goldust, Fuck You Goldust, Ruthless Aggressive Era Goldust with Booker T, then Veteran Goldust, and the resurgence of Cody and Goldust, and then the resurgence after that on the sea shows with R-Truth and so on and so forth. He's a good promo. He's a memorable character. He's a better worker than his match resume. Um, a few of his early stuff where he got chances kind of was a little not as good, but he has a lot of good tag stuff with Booker and then again later with his brother, Cody. So um, I had him at 41. I have re-ranked him with my num- new number system, and I have him... I've like I've got like Kevin Owens and Sheamus and guys like that have jumped him and I have him falling around near Matt Hardy. So I'm guessing that he probably drops about 20 spots for me into the mid 60s. Mike, what do you think? Now we gave you a few cheat codes. We he was pimped by Will from Texas a lot, one of his favorite wrestlers. The character work is strong. What do you ever? So what do you think Goldust finished as he was a pimped guy? And Mike, what do you think he should finish? That's a good question too. Gold dust. The gold wearing, sometimes oh so daring. For some reason, I got the number 54 in my brain with gold dust, and that might be high, but I feel like he's a very respected guy. Um, and, you know, it seems to be a lot of southern feels to this uh, network, so it might be a little bit of love there for him. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good way of putting it. All right, Tyler, where do you finish? I'm, I'm actually kind of curious. He finished number 36. That's absurd. And I had him at 40. <laughs> I had him at 41, and, and 36 is absurd. He's not. He's a mid-carder. You know what I mean? Yeah, and you, you hit the nail on the head when you said he's a better worker than his mattress may showed. But, I mean, I think dramatically so, particularly yeah. when he debuted. Rose was amazing in WCW, and then he, he gets so into his character that he's just – can't make it he can't do the character stuff and still have the good matches at a time when he could really do good matches if that if he'd been focused on that so and that's was later in his career it's, it's an interesting career it's a very warranted career it's just it should be somewhere in the middle of the card closer to the middle than where it ended up tyler what do you got for cody i was never a huge fan of cody's first run i always thought he was fine but that was about it it was kind of Someone, and I don't remember who came up with this or where it came from, but they, they kind of had the Cody line, and anything that was better than that was good. Anything that was worse than that was probably bad, and Cody was just kind of Cody. And that was kind of w- the way I generally felt about him, with the exception of the tag run with Goldust, as I just thought both their matches with the Shield were just great, um, like kind of all-time levels. So, And I will say I just watched his – Hell in a Cell match with Seth Rollins from his return today, uh, where he's got the gross, you know, torn pectoral. Um, and I thought that was a great match and a per- great performance. Great performance by Cody uh, in particular. Um, and I I just like that kind of warrior, you know, never say die kind of mentality. And, and I thought he did a really good job on that. So uh, I did not currently have him on my draft list, um, but I will say that watching that match makes me, you know, bump him up a little bit in consideration. And I'm also I've kind of been watching a lot from the like 07 to 12 era, and I'm bouncing around a little bit. 
And uh, still between now and the end of the voting, I've, I've got 09 on the docket. And, you know, if you can show me something there, look at his return a little bit more. But that's if they had more matches, you know, that might be something that would, uh, would sway me a little bit. But so I'm still kind of a, a he's not currently on my draft list, but that's a little bit TBD. I'm going to going to dig it a little more on him. Yeah, I had him at 97. Um, I'm going to bump him up a little bit, probably just because of how successful the turn was. It was a great moment at WrestleMania with him returning. We kind of had a lot of tea leaves that it would be him. There was also the uncertainty that it may not be where wherever. They did a good job with that. Give fucking Rollins kudos, but whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, great res- uh, The WrestleMania match out of the three was the worst one, but I understand the emotion, and they just felt off, but it was still a great match and even an even better moment. Their best wrestled match was Backlash, and the best spectacle was that match you watched today, Tyler. Uh, did you give a rate? I went four and a half on that, on that Hell in a Cell match. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I was going back and forth between four and a half and four and three quarters. I might even go on four and three quarters. I have to look at my sheet, but I don't want to dig yet. Just based off that, it's it's barely, it's April, May, June. It's a three, two and a half, three month run. And it's just to get hit so much within one feud is uh, kudos to those guys. And that should be weighed for both of them. But anyways, um, longevity is sneaky good. He's, he was de- he was in the company for eight years before he left. The charisma, ah, it's it's it was up and down. He's really good with his lead to Randy Orton, and then he was really good with Randy Orton. Uh, I think he was awesome as Stardust. <laughs> it's not mentioned enough. He he didn't have really great matches with Stardust, but the the character was a fun mid card guy. Star power is definitely bumped up, especially with the return. Going away, he be- he came back such a bigger star. Flexibility, he's a really good tag wrestler, good heel, great character work, even as that plucky young heel. Um, he- and he's a good ba- and he's a good solid babyface, as we've seen in his return run. Um, peak moments, nah, middle, storylines, middle. The-, the-, the legacy stuff was good. I like to tag with Teddy. Promos, much better promo coming back. Um, the list kind of always was distracting to me, but he's an effective promo. Even when we talk about the Shield stuff with Goldust, he had some good young promos there too where he could kind of dig deep and work off his father and brother and just deliver good stuff. Character stuff, I like I said, Stardust is my favorite character out of that run, but then again, is that a detriment to the Cody run? Uh, it's just fine. And then Worker, you, you kind of hit it on the head earlier, but hey, he came back. And had four plus star mat, three four plus star matches with Rollins. So he's th- he's back as a better worker. He'll be interested if we can get a full year of him. But you know we'll take the three months and go from there. I expect to move him up a little bit, probably probably in the mid 80s, I guess, just off this run, and probably more appreciative of his last run. Mike, what do you think he finished, or do you think he made the list? Dun dun dun. Yeah, I mean, 2017, he was out of WWE, so that might have hurt him, but also might have helped him with some voters because they might have been seeing him at their local indies. I, I, I think he was out of the top 100. I, I'm going to say 112 or so, but I definitely think based on the 2022 that we saw of him and probably going to see him crack the 100. Yeah, and you might get that sure. future, that future bump that Tyler kind of mentioned a little bit earlier too. You know, what I mean, as he's kind of slated to have a big 2023 when he returns. All right, Tyler, what did he finish in the top 100 last time? Uh, no, he was number 132. Ooh, okay. All right, Mike, who you got next? 
All right, so next is another uh, tag team that really uh, made their names as a tag team, but then it's what really happened with them after the fact that really gave them their ratings here. Um, that would be Edge and Christian. All right, Tyler, I'll let you pluck on how you want to finish this or uh, start with this one. Okay, so I, I think it's interesting that to do this as a tag because I love Christian and I, I tolerate Edge, So, but I am going to start with Edge. So I, I enjoyed – you know, the Edge and Christian tag team, I enjoyed it. Just tag team with Ray, especially that No Mercy match, and then all the SmackDown 6 stuff. I liked his matches with Angle in 02, his feud with Matt Hardy in 05, his hardcore stuff with Foley in 06. And I did enjoy the uh, Rated R, the initial Rated R superstar character where he was paired with Lita. Um, and that's kind of – that's my highlights of Edge. Um and other than that, than those things I mentioned, I really didn't care for very much else he did. To me, the most damning thing for me for Edge is that the more I watch him, the further he falls. And that is almost always the exact opposite. For all of the wrestlers we've made the case for, Ryan, the more I watch them, they tend to rise a little bit. Generally, if I'm talking to you or Ryan Everett, and you're making the case for someone else, You'll bring up a point, and they'll tick up a little bit. With Edge, I, you know, I mentioned I've been watching a lot of 07 through, you know, 12, but specifically, you know, that 07, 08, 09 range, and just there's repeatedly there'll be a hot feud, say Batista and Taker, and they're killing it. Then Edge returns from whatever injury he's on, he'll get a big surprise or a big pop, you know, and he, but as soon as he gets put into the main event. With the same people who were just killing it, the matches, match quality goes down, the feuds get worse until he gets hurt again, and then you kind of lather, rinse, repeat that. Um, I can't stand his mannerisms, the, the bug-eyed, hair-smoothing thing that he does. Uh, I feel like that comes across as fake, and I think he's you know, no better than average in the ring, at least for a main eventer and a, a prolonged main eventer like he's been, um, unless... There's like a weapons-filled garbage gimmicky match, uh, like the SummerSlam 08 Hell in a Cell, which I do like that match. And anyway, adding that all up together, that puts him at about number 41 for me. All right, I was 19. I'm much higher on edge than you. Uh, I think the peaks are really high. I think the va- the valleys. I do agree with the with the sentiment of the 17 to 11 kind of malaise of him, but I still think that there's a lot of good in there. And that the bad is just kind of like average going through the motions, kind of like I don't necessarily think it's like it's not like Bray Wyatt bad where it should be like heavily a negative. I just think it's going through the motion bad. And I think it's a little nitpicky, but hey, that's me. Uh, All time tag guy with a few different people. I think he holds the record for WWE tag team runs. Um, weigh that how you will. It's a kayfabe record, but it is what it is. Longevity is great. You hit the, the highlights on his past run. I think. Post coming out of that, he's had two all-time feuds. I think the Orton feud was fantastic, minus that unedited WrestleMania match. Kind of a malaise, like you talked about earlier, but that's just a happenstance of the circumstance, and I can't believe that they really went out there and unedited 33 minutes of walking, brawling, PC, empty arena. That was just you know, that was just like a two and a quarter star match, but it, there, there, there was, there was maybe like a three and three quarter star match in there. If they kind of edited out literally half of it. 
or fucking 60% of it, honestly. But going into that feud, it was super hot. All-time moment returning at the Rumble. He was fantastic. He looked great. He was he was a great Rumble uh, performer that night. He's always been a great Rumble performer. Great multi-man performer. Great, bra- like you said, brawling guy, whatever. He's had a lot of peaks with character work as a radar superstar. Uh, like Kind of like Rusev earlier, he's always better with a second. If it's Christian, if it's Vicky, if it's Lita, even like Orton or whoever, rated RKO, rated RKO or whatever. He's always better with a second. So that's definitely a tick to um, elite status with his, within his character work. But I still think there's plenty of his character work in there to be considered a great character. It's definitely with the rated R stuff is really when he connected with me. And he was really plucky. 2002 was a sneaky, really good year for him on the rise post Regal feud. That Regal feud was terrible, but post Regal feud on his rise under Paul Heyman's thumb in the SmackDown, and then especially in the SmackDown Six, where it was great. A match that was way under the radar that I really enjoyed. That kind of people should check out. It, you're gonna laugh when I say it, but Edge versus Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman in a handicap match. I went three and three quarters and I thought Edge was fantastic in it. And these, you know, those are two young whippersnappers in there that became legacy stars. So I don't, I'm high on Edge, but we'll, I will say this. His match resume is much stronger than his in-ring work. And I think that's by an, a, quite a significant amount. A lot of it due to the brawling style that you talked about earlier, where he excels with that, with weapons, or if it's ladders or whatever. He always excels with chaos, and I don't think that's a tick, but he's definitely a better match resume guy than in-ring worker. But I think he's still a very good in-ring worker. And yes, that that mannerism that you talked about is that I hate that plucky eye one too. But he also has a lot of strong ones, especially in this later run here. Since post making the case where I made Edge versus Ultimate Warrior in kind of a bedfellows um, comparison. Uh, I think he had another legacy match against Finn Balor where he was just fantastic. But the tick against that match was it was extremely too long. So that's kind of how a, his career is, too. He's kind of like Triple H vibes there, too, where he doesn't really cut out cut out the fluff within his match. He kind of stays a little bit too long. But a lot of that's for heat, too, when he's a heel or whatever. But anyways, um, you know, that's my case for Edge. I have him 19. I probably... I'm going to respect the return. I think the return has been a success. Fantastic Rollins match. Fantastic Rollins feud. Orton was great. Even Reigns was great to an extent. A little underwhelming. Not Reigns' best stuff, but hey, Reigns is on a heater for sure. So I'm not going to neglect his return. And that Rumble return was an all-time jump-up moment for sure on anyone's list. And he's had a few. And his promos leading into the Orton match were you know, a bump up on the promos too. So I don't know. I'm going to probably bump him up. He's not going past 15. I doubt he's going to go past 16 or 17, but he's going to hang around the bottom teens for me. Mike, where do you think he finished in 2017? Well, he's one of my favorites of all time. I mean, I would, I don't think I would ever have him anything lower than 15 or higher than 15, I should say, as far as like in the, like a bigger number. Um, I would say on this list, he was 21. Okay. He was 24. 24. Right on that. Now, I'm, uh, he's an interesting case. We're getting a little deep here. We're cutting this into two halves, by the way. So this was, this is going to be a two-part series. But anyways, um, interesting. To, I'd like to see his high, and I'd like to see his low. It, that's a very interesting case. But hey, we'll, we'll get into that another day. Just go on. What do you got for Christian? So Christian, on the other hand, we talked a little bit about the uh, the team with Edge. So I love all those matches. I love his team with Jericho. I think their promos and character work kind of stand out a little more, but I think they're a good, you know, in-ring team as well. Um, they made even stuff like the ass cream skit work. So I love that. Yeah. 
right? You know, um, that was all Christian. I'm not gonna lie. All right, continue. The, the storyline about the one dollar Canadian vet with Jericho leading to their, you know, their very good match at WrestleMania, where Trish turns, debuting the evil hot Trish. You know, Tomko, give me a beat. All that stuff. Uh, you know, I think he's a really good talker, shown in the peep, sh- you know, by his peep show talk show. I think Christian does really well in the NJPW. I don't. I just think he's super solid in kind of all aspects. Uh, and he was getting over, having a nice feud and match with Cena and Jericho in 05 before leaving. He had a great run as ECW champ, you know, really good matches with Regal, Goldust, and and some others. He had an, and then one of the things that really elevates him up my list is he had an all-time great series of matches with Randy Orton in 2011. Uh, the SummerSlam match made my GWWE match list. Uh, and a lot of people really love their baby face, baby face match at over the limit, which is also great. Really everything that they, you know, they did in 2011 was hitting right around that four star range. So, so I have Christian at number 30 on my draft for this. All right. I had Christian at 43 and 17. Like you said, NJPW system, he fucking crushes. He's, he's very good to great in all of it with his strength being his in-ring work. In, in my eyes, I just think just like Goldust kind of he he's just solid. But like he's Goldust on another level is what I mean. Like if like if if Goldust was ticking because he's so solid, Christian is a tick up because he's so solid, but like better <laughs> charisma, no pun intended. And star power is what gets him there. I'm probably going to move him up a little bit, probably in the bottom 30. You know what I mean? He'll be like 38, 39, 40-ish probably. So probably around here for a little bit, but I think just a more appreciation and the new system that I have for grading just spreads out the NJPW better or longer, and he does so well within it. He's bad at – he's absolutely bad at nothing. So he's just Captain Charisma. He's terrible at no, uh, nothing, and he's excellent at very few things, but he's great at a lot. All right, Mike, what do you think he finished in 17? I'm gonna, if Edge was 24, I'm going to say Christian was 48. That's a pretty good guess. Eh, Christian's us. We're all smocks, so Christian probably got a little more love than that. What, what do you get, Tyler? Yeah, uh, Christian was 34 last time. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. That That is interesting. Um, I'm not as big a Christian guy as I am an Edge guy. I think I – I don't know. It's weird, but I like him. I think 48 would probably be about where I would have him. That's where I was thinking. All right, Alexa Bliss. Uh, yeah, well, the first thing I always think about is the the spooky shit with the fiend. Uh, but, you know, that it kind of was what it was. I mean, I think she did all right with it, you know, as far yeah. as her work in it, I thought was was OK. Um, you know, and she's in a lot of the, the rumbles, the money in the banks and and all the the matches to kind of just keep keep the ball rolling, I guess. So I. She had the tag team with Nikki Cross. Uh, I remember she made an indecent proposal to Finn Balor. Like, that's one of the things that stands out in my mind. Um, And, uh, you know, I think she's a a good talker, kind of an okay worker, and it has improved. Um, But, uh, you know, I think she's a definitive step below the the horsewomen, the Oscars, the Biancas, and... um, just uh, you know, I 
I think that uh, the women will definitely have a rise on this year's list, but I, you know, I don't see much of a case for Alexa, at least on my list. Back in March of 2021, um, my first ever podcast I recorded with Aaron, the time that the top 50 WWE women superstars of all time came out. So we revisited that list and we ranked them ourselves. So I have that list here. Um, and, of course, if you want to check out that podcast, why don't you go back in the archives and check it out. And then, Tyler, you happen to miss it, but Jenny Smith and I did an episode with Good Old Will from Texas where we talked women within the NJPW system, I think, before WrestleMania this year. So, actually, a year after that. So, uh, we talked Alexa Bliss there, too. So, if you want to hear in-depth women's because I talked NJPW when I did the women's list. And um, so if you want to hear women's NJPW talk, fuck, I've done two of them. <laughs> so check the archives for that. And Tyler, maybe we'll post those in the Facebook group too. But anyways, um, Alexa, yeah, Alexa Bliss. I had her as the eighth top WWE woman of all time um, after Trish Stratus and Ronda uh, – right after Tr- Ronda Rousey and Trish Stratus – and before, right before AJ Lee and Lita. I think she's really good character and promo-wise, considering with, again, for the women. She has, now she has good longevity. She has a lot of star power, and her charisma shines. And those are the reasons why she got a push in an era of the four horse women. She got a push when SmackDown turned to the brand split and the four horse women were young, eager and willing to push with fresh feuds everywhere. And Alexa bliss, who was a buddy and Murphy manager in NXT in really not really wrestling and just being a splunky cheerleader literally came and just stole the show on the main roster and kind of, I don't think it's enough to make the male list or not the male list, the combined list. But uh, I definitely think that she, um, should get some credit longevity wise. If this was a top 200 list, she would definitely be on it. I think if this was a top 150 list, perhaps she's like, I said, like she's a WWE hall of famer. I think, and I think that she is the first woman to ever win the raw and SmackDown women's title. So I think that's pretty cool also. So I think that she should be, should, should be on a list and, uh, yeah, she might sneak in. You never know. I'll have to see what the point system goes. I haven't graded her yet, but we'll see. It would, but then like, but her work, her work is just, it's just average compared to all the all the guys on this list, and especially the horsewomen. You know, it's just, it's good. She's a good little worker for for what she is. Her resume is fine, and I, I actually, I kind of liked her WrestleMania match against Nia Jax, and it's all due to her, not Nia Jax. She, that was a, a well told story, and she crushed it within that like weird structure of a story. So I don't know. I, I, uh, she might make it. I, we'll see, but it's not getting like past 95. Like, do you think she made it? Definitely don't think she made it. I, in 2017, I mean, she really didn't. I mean, she was kind of a nobody in NXT being manager 2016. She came up and crushed it right off the bat. It was kind of crazy, um, crazy emergence. Um, but then I think looking towards, I would say she's not even numbered. I mean, how high do you guys go with numbers? Like just everybody that got a vote. Everyone that yeah. got a vote. In- yep. All right. So I'm gonna say she's about 185. Um, but you know, I definitely think recency bias might hurt her because they they people have that fiend stink on her still. 
But she was good in the character work, man. And the writing was trash, but she like she was really good in that character work. She, for was, it. she was main eventing Raw like every week um, in some capacity, <laughs> right? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I just I don't know. I mean, I feel like she's and it seems like we're in the midst of her flipping back over to the Fiends um, or to uh, Bray in some capacity. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just I feel like she's going to really struggle to crack a top hundred for sure. But you never know. She's a top 10 woman, in my opinion. So where did she finish, Tyler? Uh, she finished number 155. Okay. Respectable. And yeah, your good. your ranking of her on a, a women's only list, Ryan, that seems right in the ballpark, I would yeah. think. I think I had eight, seven, eight, nine or whatever, whatever I had it. Yeah. Just And that's in, with the NJP. Oh, I had her ninth. And that's in the NJPW system. Um, here's here, you know, this is my rankings for, and this was before WrestleMania 37. I had Becky, Charlotte, Bailey, Sasha, Oscar, Rhonda, Trish, Alexa, China, AJ, Lita, Mickey, Bella Twins. So that was. Oh, now my Alexa's going off. What the fuck? All right, bro. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, Tyler, thank you very much, Tyler. You got anything to plug? This was a two-part episode. Um, we broke these wrestlers up in half. We went a little long, but. Let's make. Let's just get people out there voting. You got anything to plug? Uh, I would just plug the making the case pods that you and I have done together. Um, so you can find those on the North South Connection. Uh, we've done a number of them. Uh, and then also just the Facebook group, which is uh, facebook.com backslash gwwe revisited, and uh, you should be able to find it. The ballot is open there. Uh, if you are so inclined to submit your ballot, um, I will probably keep rolling and and keep looking at different things and kind of uh, kind of editing my list up until sometime in December anyway. But uh, it is open for anyone who wants to submit and uh, you know do your homework and, and fill out a ballot. Cool. Let's get her done. All right, Tyler. Well. We'll have to get you back on clotheslines and headlines again for something else. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, guys. WWE TV report here. Did both of you guys have a chance to watch NXT Deadline this past weekend? I did. Yeah, what would you think uh, of that concept? I think I I literally was watching the match, and I wrote down on a piece of paper, perfect match. Not saying the match itself, but the layout of that match could be the most exciting match. It's really insane. I don't know who came up with it, but I was watching it, and I was like, this match is everything that a match should have in terms of... Okay, so literally... You start off with the two people, and then you get three Royal Rumble-esque entrances, right, that come every five minutes. So, And then when someone gets pinned, you get another countdown after that minute. Like, it is literally nonstop crowd participation. And it's the Pavlovian response to us as wrestling fans live. Just You see a clock, you just start counting, right? And they were doing that, and I was just like, God damn, this crowd is on fire. And it was 25 minutes, and you, there's a, you know when it's going to end, and... It's not like one of those, I don't know. And they could, it could be built, like I was saying initially, it's almost like a reverse Royal Rumble where you want to be there first instead of last so you could get the most pinfalls. 
but then it also could be the other way too, where if it's a if it's a low scoring, if there's not a lot of points, it's it's great because a face could a face could come last and they have to get a lot of wins real quick, or a heel could come last in a match where there's not a lot of pins and score one and win. You know, there's it just lends itself to so many great scenarios. Yeah, penalty box too. If you get a pin in two minutes left, you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm screwed. You know? Yeah, that's it. You're just fucked right there. And like the way, even like the little, and they were, and you watch these matches, and they were two completely different matches. And the finishes were both creative in terms of like um, the 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 bad guy running away like a scared <laughs> chicken. Grayson Waller, yeah. And well, and then uh, Roxanne pulling the pulling uh, her opponent out of the ring, right? So she couldn't get pinned, like. I was like, this is just brilliant. Like, I, I I wasn't looking for flaws in it, but there were so many little nuances, and you could do it in so many cool different ways. And I don't know, man. I think it was a perfect like. I think if they added ten, I was just be- say we can go thirty minutes with thing this thing instead of twenty five, and it's actually even more perfect. Yeah, if, or if you if you go ten people and you go like fifty five minutes, if you really want to get fucking crazy, like I don't know, man, because I was like the pops every time, like just watching it, I was like, you never felt like something wasn't happening. Because there's dudes everywhere. You didn't fall into the trap of the one guy on the outside often. And I don't know, man. Just watching that crowd react, I was like, man, can you imagine this on a big stage? Um, so, yeah, man, I think the layout is incredible. Wow. I thought it'd be too many rules for you, Rocco. Rossi, I you- want all the rules, man. They ain't that hard to figure those rules out. <laughs> I agree. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, I thought that it should have just been 30 minutes. That's my only beef with it, is I feel like... You know, Waller comes in, gets the two pinfalls, and now he gets the one. He steals the one with like 15 seconds ago, and then he runs around. Um, that I was happy he won, so I was cool with that. But ultimately, I feel like five more minutes would have been better because then when you think about it, when you have all five people in the ring, you've only got 10 minutes to go, right? I think going to 15 total would be your best bet. Um, I thought the the penalty box concept was cool. Um, there's that your punishment for getting pinned. Um, I also thought they did a really good job with making all the pinfalls make sense. Like I was afraid that, you know, kind of like a survivor series match. Some people get pinned for like dumb shit, like that they would never, you know, in a singles match, never lose to. But I thought they did a pretty good job with that, with having like quick, you know, surprise pinfalls or things like that. Um, but yeah, I ultimately I think five extra minutes would have been great because I, I didn't feel like I'm watching these like exhausted guys or girls at the end of this match um, when, you know, for this format, they should be exhausted. Right. So I feel like that extra five minutes really just adds to it. And, you know, if you're laying out a pay-per-view with two 25 minute matches, it's not that much harder to lay it out with two 30 minute matches. You can just maybe have one less match with uh, with a referee oozing goo out of his mouth. Oh. That was like the only downfall of the night for me. <laughs> like, it's NXT. I get it. We take risk. Isla Dawn has this like weird, sexy, cool vibe to her. Like, I don't know. Like, I, am I into goth chicks, Rocco? Like, is she goth? What is she? Is she like? What is that? She seems more just kind of like a witch from uh, the the island of the island of uh, Scotland or Ireland. I don't even know where she's from. But that the goo and the uh, Apollo thing where he yeah. was a little hokey if you ask me too i didn't know if i i didn't know if i needed that yeah i t- thought i really thought blood was gonna blow out of his eye i was like how are they gonna do this special effect when he opens his eyes and there's like blood shooting out but they didn't go that far at least yeah it wasn't necessarily needed either um i don't know but honestly to me the funnest match 
not really necessarily including the scramble matches, was that New Day Pretty Deadly match. Pretty Deadly is, I'm a fan of those dudes. They arrive, they are ready for whatever they want to do with those guys. That was a super fun, entertaining match. And um, wow, that was just a blast, really. That, that was just good, fun comedy wrestling with great action and good work. Yeah, like not stupid, yeah, like comedy, but just not really even comedy. Just I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to describe it's, how it's well. It's hard. To, like it was funny. Some of the stuff they did was funny, yeah. but it all worked. It made sense, and it wasn't contrived or all convoluted, or, and it all fit within the structure of the match, and it was good, and it added to it. It didn't take away like a lot of their comedy does. So I don't know. I just thought it was fun. Really, it was just super fun. This is like maybe you know, obviously I always bring up ECW, but a very like FBI every once in a while is a comedy act, but they would have like. A match where they fought the gangsters in a fucking all-out war that still had some comedy spots or you know like against the dudleys where they did their shtick but like the, they they were taking it they they don't they don't take themselves seriously but they took the match seriously maybe that's a good way to put it you know yep so guys we're all over the place with this pay-per-view but whatever that's kind of how we're rocking and rolling now with this um qu- quick question for both of you i'll let you guys can add a little more more if you want to to um rocco first is Braun Breaker getting stale and we don't realize it yet? Uh, I have not been a fan of that guy for a very long time. I don't I don't get it. I never got it. Um, I don't uh, – they think he's done here, but I don't know where he fits up there because I don't – you know, you hate the, the, the 2.0 versions only had him. And the biggest issue was back in the day, you got your NXT champion and they go up to Raw and then they become a nothing. So do we want to we don't want that to happen. I guess you have the U.S. title and Intercontinental, which I guess is the best place for this dude at this point. But with the double world titles being on Roman, you know, like it's 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 weird how that would work. I just I don't get him. I don't I think his character is what like just he seems like a dude from the, the 90s. And I'm not saying like a Goldberg thing, but it is kind of like that. Right. Where I don't know. I don't know what he's supposed to be. He's barking his his non wrestling gear is ridiculous when he's fit. Like, I don't get his character. He's not for me. Um, so yeah, I think he's stale too, cause I'm not even in this, this feud was nothing. It did nothing for that dude. I wouldn't necessarily say he's nothing. I find him very entertaining, but I just feel like, no, I said the, the, well, I guess I did say he's nothing. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I just feel like he could, he's kind of in the same spot is in, uh, I don't know. Is it stale Rossi? Do you get what I'm saying by stale Rossi? I do, because I was thinking that as I was watching it, I'm watching this iron survivor match. And then I'm like, oh, the next match is the Braun match. And I had I had a couple of people over. We were watching the Celtics game. So I was like flicking back and forth between it. Like when there was down points, we watched the Iron Survivor match because it was during the halftime of the Celtics game. But then I'm like, oh, Braun's on next, whatever. I'll watch that later. Um, and then furthermore, I look back at like his last three like main like big show matches. He's never really been the focal point of a show. Um, like you go back to in your house back in June, right? He main evented who, who, who did he main event that against? You guys even remember June? Yeah. Historically, June's been a multi-man for them. I don't think it was a multi. Um, yeah, not, not giving you a correct answer is probably wrong. It was, he was way past Ziggler. Um, was it? No, Von Wagner was last month. Dragon off uh, and uh, what's his face? Dragon off. It, no, that was SummerSlam. Okay. Um, was it McDonough? Just straight? No, yeah. it was fucking Joe Gacy. Uh, How many right. people wanted to watch that show for Joe Gacy? Zero. 
Um, and then, you know, you look back at that show, you know, there really was nothing exciting on it. But I mean, the poster of the show is Carmelo Hayes and and um, Cameron Grimes. Right. Fast forward. The next show that he's he's a big part of is um, a missing one. I can't think of it right now, but it's Worlds Collide. So, that yeah, he cool. had he had a really good match with Tyler Bate, but that entire show was pushed together in like a week. Um, when, you know, the last segment before the show was Ricochet getting set up with Carmelo Hayes. And then everybody was like floored by the fact that Miko Satamura was over here. It was, it kind of felt secondary. It was the best match of the show, but it was kind of secondary. Um, then you move forward to Halloween Havoc and you've got that sick three-way that was on top. But again, it's, it's Wesley ladder match was kind of the one that people tuned in for, right? And then it was just kind of like this, you know, spin the wheel, make the deal, casket match, weapons wild, ambulance match. And then they're just there in the main event. They had a good match, but he just, uh, and then this show, he's secondary to the um, Iron Survivor matches. I just feel like he's not really been given the chance to excel. I feel like he's kind of a secondary thing. And and that could just mean that they don't trust him yet. Um, And that's where it gets kind of scary. I like the guy. I like everything about his demeanor, but... I feel like the entire build for this match was like they're like the go home. They were fishing together. Like, why do I then want to see them fight? Ah, there was a little story there, but um, it's just, just like yeah, like he's sorry, but I mean, look, it doesn't seem like they trust him is a good way to put it because like all those developmental guys. Don't forget that. Yeah, but come on, Triple H said it's uh, not developmental until he said it was developmental, right? That was just, also back in the black and gold. <laughs> it's developmental now, where right. it's not Gargano and all these indie guys. These are guys that Braun Breaker's been wrestling for like eighteen months. If that. I mean, don't you think he just needs to be a heel? Like he just needs something different at this point. It's like a, he just needs to be the big bully heel because he's bigger than he's still bigger than a lot of the dudes down there too, and his character is kind of like a jock dude. So like I don't know, I feel like. That's at least put him with his girlfriend, right? I mean, that's not a bad idea, and just a new coat of paint, as you would say. Yeah, I, I, I think the heel run is def would definitely be good, but I just don't think it's there yet. I would definitely bring him up as a baby, and you know, if there's heel upside, I would do it on the WWE umbrella, not the NXT umbrella. I mean, just if you're gonna compare him and Mandy in terms of like the two that were the 2.0 staples, she progressed way more than that dude did. Well, she's also had seven years of experience on him yeah but i don't know if i need to i'm not gonna worry about that yeah but she was also work. she was also working with like some uh inexperienced people too but it, from where she was to where she ended up i think she progressed way more and had way more upside at this point i like do you see that guy as being a main dude i just don't see it ever happening i could, I could definitely see it he showed a lot of good stuff when he was working with the zigglers of the world and the rudes of the world and then you know i don't get, see the charisma though i don't see not, any i don't see the I charisma i think no. it rips off of him he's a barking <laughs> barking douche like i don't get how that's a good a guy you want to like be like that's a that's who i'm gonna follow i want to buy the shirt of the guy who's barking in the ring Oh, we'll see. I th- I definitely see it. I don't think he's a complete miss. I think you're a little. It's a little far fetched, but uh, I do feel that he's stale. And I don't know if um, you know. I think that I want to know if a tweak would happen on the main roster, or if it's. The, I don't know. I just feel like the fate the show could use an uplift, and it could be, you know, around him. So I don't know. Anything else in this pay per view before we uh, move on? Or this PLE, whatever you call it. Oh man, it was a fun show. 
Yep. So the WWE TV is kind of stale right now. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, it's like this every December. It was like that last December. Um, they're doing they're flirting with record lows for TV right now. Um, of course, that third hour never hurts. I mean, never helps. Yeah, it fucking totally hurts. So I don't know. It, it's it's constantly uphill. And of course, they want to save stuff that they've got for Rumble season and WrestleMania season. So, you know, I don't really want to sink my teeth too much of what's going on TV because it's kind of not that interesting it being in the, you know, the middle of December. So I don't know. What do you think? Uh, what's your overall sentiment for the sh- TV show right now? What are you kind of feeling, Rocco? And uh, what, yeah, you get the kind of the same vibe as me where it's kind of blah. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, I definitely feel that same way. And we, we always, we always expect it. You know, and that's uh, they're lucky that they give us the rumble right after, you know, because if it was just a normal pay-per-view, that 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 December doldrums would be brutal. I mean, they're not the greatest, but they ain't brutal when you know, like, all right, we're about to get our favorite fucking pay-per-view in the month after this uh, new year starts. So I'll deal with all this bullshit that we've dealt with for so many years. So, yeah, I'm kind of the same way. But I do like that there is some stuff now with, yeah. you know, an Oscar having a character change, Alexa having a little bit of character change, and even just some of the new, like, a theory. Like, uh, there's little sprinklings. We're not going to get any big crazy shit, I don't imagine. But I like that there is at least a little uh, movement on some of the character build, at least some character building, maybe, on some of the stuff. And, you know, like the Adam Rhea stuff is still kind of happening, but we're, we're not going to be painting with big, broad strokes until, you know, to January, probably, right? Yeah, it's, we're definitely in a transition period with a few character development stuff, so it's it's not a good it's not a bad time for that whatsoever. Rossi, where are you at with the TV vibe right now? Kind of a little with the same sentiment as us, a little dreary, but you you know you know that the the good stuff's coming up. You you with that same yeah. sentiment? Yeah, it's like the calm before the storm. I feel like we just have to get through like next week and then the Christmas week. It'll be whatever. Um, I don't even think that Raw is an episode. I think it's like a clip show. Um, but then once we hit New Year's, it's like that's the best time of the year, right? The yep. anticipation to the Rumble. Um, you know they're going up against the the NFL playoffs on the the, the second Monday or whatever. They they're gonna put some good content out there. Then you got the 30th anniversary Raw SmackDown. I think you stayed pretty good. Like I really really what? like that wow. Ricochet. So that's, that's yeah. Tough. It's it, like, I really really like that Ricochet Santos match. Whenever that was, um, really good shit. They gave it time too. Um, anytime Gunther's in the ring is awesome. Um, you know, it feels like this week's show is a big show between Gunther and, and Ricochet again. Um, obviously, then maybe get into a bronze setup and then Roman coming back. They they use Roman when and that's the point now that whenever he's on is a big deal. So SmackDown's, I think, been consistent. Raw, you know, there's enough goofy shit in there and there's enough good matches that it's still good. Like Oscar Rhea, uh, Lashley Rollins, like good character development continues with theory. Um, you know, they're giving, you know, AJ matches with Gable. Like the in ring's been good. I mean, is it can't miss stuff? No. And even the Gargano Loomis stuff, like they got to do it in front of a live crowd and the crowd popped big for every time we get free merch. It's cool. So I thought that, that, that was kind of a fun thing to watch. I mean, it's not appointment viewing right now, but when you watch it, you can still have a good time, especially with the fast forward button to get through the stuff you don't want to watch. Right. Ah, you going over it? You're not wrong. It's okay. It's just it's just not that super exciting to format and talk, you know, free willy nilly about it. But tomorrow is a big, or today, if you're listening to us today, um, 
Friday SmackDown this week is a big episode. I, I kind of like how they're like, in Chicago, in Chicago. Because, you know, it's a little knife in the back of AEW being like, yeah, that's not your town. It's a fucking our town, even though Chicago is kind of their town. So they're bringing Roman in there. They got the big IC title match. Um, were you at, remember last episode where I was like, that red wedding's coming, Rocco? Eh, I'd be on a little alert, a little alert for that tomorrow. I'm, I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but uh, it's eventually going to happen. But when you like less like to see it, you know, the last time he Roman saw him was at the war game. So nah. now have you since it's been two weeks? Has it have you? And now it's kind of here to maybe do it. it what do you think? Maybe uh, you were at like 0.0. Are you at 0.1 now? <laughs> no, man. I think maybe a little tease at the yeah. most, but they're not doing that just yet. And that's the thing. You give them a couple of teasers before, you know, you pull the fucking trigger. So I know. Uh, I'm, just a little, I'm a little weary. My, 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 my horns are up. Um, they're not going to get me if it happens. Let's say that. I don't want it to happen, by the way. Yeah, but I yeah. just don't see it. I just don't see it. Nah, I hear you. Rock, Rossi. Fucking Roman, he's just a fucking stud. You know, it's like you mentioned him coming on SmackDown. It's like yeah, I'm watching that instantly. It's it's appointment viewing of because he's on your screen. Yeah, I mean he definitely is. I mean I will be watching that show as close to live as I can. Um, even if I don't watch the rest of the show live, I'll figure out when the Roman spot is and I'll watch it. Right. Um, so obviously there's a couple of angles you can go here. Um, you could have. You know, the, they give Uso a haircut. Um, so they give Sammy a haircut and anoint him an Uso. Um, you could maybe then, as part of that, give the Usos a new tag title design, which that's been rumored for a bit. And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier when we we're talking about Sammy and KO not carrying around two sets of titles. That defeats that. You know, I don't think they're going to go back to the separate brand titles anytime soon. So get him a new title and then go from there. Um, make it a cool design, and then hopefully, you know, we get rid of that main WWE title sometime soon, too. Uh, but ultimately, I think that's just going to be a thing is like, you know, we've always got to be on guard for it. I just don't feel like uh, a SmackDown a week before Christmas is the best time to do it. No, I know, but it's not the best time to do it, so why not make it memorable and shock everyone, you know? So, I don't know. Um, anything else you guys want to hit on the Rob Report before we get into Rocco's ramblings? Raw, SmackDown, anything? No, I mean, I'm kind of good. I mean, like I, like we said before, I have been, you know, Rio is still the star of Raw, kind of, in a lot of ways, and um, kill, still killing it. And uh, I really liked what her and Asuka did on Monday. I thought that was one of the best matches Raw has had in a while. Um, actually, there was, wasn't that last week match pretty good, too? Like, I feel like, like you said, there are good matches, but it's just not it's the type of stuff match. that... It's, it's just hard to talk about good matches. Yeah, you know? like, you're just not... And, like, you're not going to call up your friend and be like, dude, you got to put this on. It's a good match. It's like, yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate that we're spoiled. <laughs> so, we're just so fucking spoiled that we just get these great matches. And, I know. It's like, you get four fucking three and a half star matches a week on Raw, and you're like, eh, it's, it's whatever. You know, we're fucking spoiled. You get one fucking... You get one three-star match back in the day, you'd be like, oh, my God. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of like it is what it is. And the lowest star match is like a match that is fine. The crowd just didn't give a fuck about it. That's kind of the worst thing that you get these days, right? But it is the holiday season, Rocco. So what do you got for us, buddy? It's the most wonderful time of the year. 
With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the Yeah, real quick, I just figured, uh, you know, it's our first Christmas together as a family. And uh, I thought we'd go through uh, what we, what our wrestling Christmas correlation is. Now, I'm a little older, and uh, I was around, and I do have... I was not around for going to wrestling uh, on Christmas. I know that was a big deal, but I was a big world-class fan as a kid. I did not live in the area where I got to see to go to the live Star Wars, which is the thing they did every Christmas for uh, many years. But I did know like the Kerry Von Erich Ric Flair match in the cage with Michael Hayes as the ref and Terry Gordy slams the cage in the face of Ric Flair, which is Ivan Kerry Von Erich, which is still one of the most violent things you could ever watch in wrestling. It is maybe paralleled by the mankind blue cage from china that just scrambles my brain watching it and i always do think of that even though i didn't watch that live but i was thinking more of like maybe for you guys unless you do think of that or if there's a stone cold throwing gold dust in the shitter or something like that that you really associate with based on your age but also it's kind of funny because me as a kid i really don't remember much christmas WWF content, because I do think they just kind of stopped running around that time usually, right, if I'm not mistaken. I just don't associate the product with it, but the toys and stuff. And I do remember getting my LJN ring. Um, that was the big gift I ever got. I remember an LJN ring that I uh, got to put together that day instead of just playing on the on the couch cushions. Never got the cage, unfortunately. But um, Santa. <laughs> motherfucker. But I do, like, I had one thing where once I got a little older and I got into ECW, and I didn't have, like, a checking account right away. So like, and you know, your mom kind of runs out of ideas to get you Christmas presents. So you give, I get, we give my mom like get the checkbook and like buy some ECW tapes from the catalog, you know, because those things were kind of expensive, you know. So and then she would wrap them up, give them to me on Christmas, and she would go away to visit our grandparents down the shore, and I kind of got to stay home and and like watch my tapes together. This is like I was like a late teen, so that was always a really cool memory of mine. And uh, after she, even she passed away, I was always kind of like. This is my ritual, you know what I mean? So, like, I always watch a little old ECW on Christmas because it, it's a very positive memory for Christmas for me, and it kind of ties me back to a different time, a more, uh, you know, back when I had a family. <laughs> that sounds really dark, but you know what I mean? So that's my one weird little ritual I have that really kind of ties me back to, like, my mom, and she's the one that got me into wrestling in the first place. So um, do you guys have any, like, fond memories with wrestling and Christmas and stuff like that? Of course. Um, nowadays, I'm Santa Claus, of course, to two young boys growing up the last 12 and 16 years so with a psychotic father like me they have no other choice but to be wrestling heads right so being santa claus and then just looking my wife was smart enough to always snap pictures of their wrestling toys on the stairs so i have 10 12 15 years of you know snapped photos of wow what did santa claus bring you for wrestling every year and that's something i look forward to of looking back within my memories on christmas morning each year and um my i and i appreciate my wife for coming up with the idea to take the pictures of what we get the boys because i know one day when they're old like us they're going to want to look back and be like oh my god i got this at Christmas, I got that at Christmas, I got this at Christmas, and of course, my basement that I record in now is filled of all the bullshit that they have gotten, so, and of course, of the bullshit that I've gotten, of course, and of, I've got this, for instance, I recall getting a 
what I thought was like we no, it wasn't weird. Whatever. Like I got a wrestling set of cards, which was actually a board game for Christmas one year, and I never fucking opened it. Right? Because I didn't really. It was a weird because it was it was like I was 12, 13, 14. So it wasn't like I was like rip it open and play, but I got it for Christmas and I never fucking opened it. So during the pandemic, I I always kept the fucking box because it's wrestling and it's a memory like you just talked about. right? So I at the pandemic, I opened it up and I'm like, holy shit, like this is the Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is the rock. This is the Triple H wrestling rookie cards that are floating around on the Internet because sports cards boomed during the pandemic. And I'm like, holy shit, this fucking rock card is selling for fucking like thousands of dollars. And I'm pretty sure I have it in my fucking basement. All right, I'm going to go down there and fucking open it. <laughs> so I open it and I'm like, Rock, like I remember texting Rossi. I'm like, dude, th- this card looks like it's fucking pretty good. I ended up sending it out for grading. I have fucking nine and a half tens on these cards from this fucking Christmas present that I never opened and played with. Thank fucking God. So am I sitting on a gold mine? No, but it's very cool and it's sentimental to me due to Christmas and the holidays. So, you know, just to kind of pl- go full circle of. You know, having a wrestling toy as a kid and never opening it and then opening it as a 35 year old man and then kind of enjoying it there and bringing back memories there. And then just to, you know, just to know that my as somewhere where I am now, just to know that my kids are going to have a probably they better fucking appreciate. But I know that they will appreciate looking back at all of the. Um, the wrestling pictures of the toys and the stairs. And I'm really appreciative of my wife for coming up with the idea and starting that tradition. And, and that's what I most look forward to also. So that's kind of the holidays and wrestling and with for me. And Rossi with two girls now, <laughs> I'm sure. I don't know how much wrestling they're going to get into, but I'm sure you can share that same sentiment that I enjoy because I send you the fucking picture every year. <laughs> Yeah, and and I mean, I was actually th- I went shopping to do like stocking stuffers and stuff for my girls the other day, and I mean, I was at Walmart and I was like, let me go look at the wrestling figures. Maybe I'll get them each one and try to get them excited that Which way. I'm trying. Time because we're marks and we're kids. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. Um, it's it's tough. Like my oldest watches it with me every once in a while. Like if she wants to stay awake and she knows I'm watching it, she'll like get into it. Like she really likes Rey Mysterio when he's on because she's the cool guy with the mask. Um, I remember last year we were watching the rumble and it was my wife's birthday and we were supposed to have like a party and stuff for the rumble, but we had a huge blizzard. So we just ended up watching it at home. And, um, my, my oldest was like watching the women's rumble with us. Cause it was still before bedtime. And I'm like, Hey, who do you want to win? And she just kept pointing at Charlotte. So I was like, Hey, whatever I can roll with that. Um, I think the, I was like, and I think the other one's going to ring when, when Rhonda gets to the ring and she's like, no other one. So like, that was like, still my lasting wrestling memory with her, but I think I'm going to try to get an action figure for each of them this year, just to hope that it sticks (laughs) like something that they can kind of maybe connect to. And then the next time that wrestlers on TV, I can be like, Hey, look at that's the one you have a doll for. Um, But other than that, like really like, I feel like I always get something wrestling related Christmas wise, whether it's like a t-shirt from the website or something. Um, You know, even like my wife's a big Finn Balor fan. Um, so, like, I've gotten her, like, Finn stuff in the past. I almost got her a Roman shirt this year, but I didn't pull the trigger. Um, but, you know, she'll go to wrestling shows with me every once in a while and, you know, wear the shirts that I, I've given her in past Christmases and stuff. So um, I, I think that it's, you know, not a huge part of Christmas, but I'm hoping, you know, we have this conversation in a couple of years. Maybe it will be. 
Nice. Yeah, so any, regardless, you know, full circle, we are here talking about wrestling. It's around the holiday season, and wrestling still plays a big part on that day. And, you know, it's brought us all together in this friendship. So, you know, it's past Thanksgiving, but within the holiday season, eh, thank you guys or whatever. Mm-hmm. All right, cool subject, Rocco. All right, Rossi, let's clean this uh, indie corner up. Sure. So we are officially a couple weeks away from the Restival, which is going to be the big, um, you know, set of shows going down in Worcester. Um, all the cards are really starting to make shape. So let's just go through the real, the full schedule real quick. So Thursday at three, we have Pizza Party Pro Wrestling. Um, that's going to be, you know, Lefisto and Kennedy Copeland's on that show. Um, Tony Deppin and Weber Hatfield. It's, you know, it's it's called Pizza Party Wrestling. Like it's a cool show. It's a good way to open up the weekend. Um, ICW No Holds Barred is in action that night after Wrestling Open, which hasn't announced anything for 7 p.m., but ICW is at 11. That's going to have Slade and John Wayne Murdoch. Casey Cattell has the choose the champion defending against Hoodfoot. Um, Masha Slamovich defending the ETU key to the East Championship against Danny DeManto, the boss man. Casanova Valentine against Dr. Redacted. Uh, Matt Tremont against Brandon Kirk and Chris Bradley against Christian Ross. Um, also advertised for that show is Akira versus Alec Price, but there is obviously an issue if you've been following Wrestling Open that Alec Price is currently banned from Worcester uh, Wrestling in Worcester. He um, lost a match to um, Channing Thomas on Thanksgiving. So he's advertised for a couple of these shows, but with asterisks next to him that he's currently unable to compete and a replacement will be announced if he is not cleared by then. So we'll see what happens there. Um, and then Friday at Blitzkrieg at 3 p.m., you got um, if Alex Alec Price can go, he's got Alex Shelley. Um, and then you got Bussy against just the Shook crew of Bobby Orlando and Bryce Donovan. Anthony Green against Alan Angels, formerly of the Dark Order. Um, and then a ladder, something called the Ladder Hell for the Blitzkrieg Pro Tag Team Championship. Uh, Main Street Posse versus Locked and Loaded versus the CDC versus the Miracle Generation. I mean, it's a ladder match. It'll be cool. And then IWTV Class of 22 has got a show on Friday at 7. That's pretty much going to be a tag title tournament, um, which is going to have all the quarterfinals and semifinals. Uh, But the main event is going to be a gauntlet match for the now vacant IWTV Independent Wrestling World Championship between AC Mack, Alex Shelley, Tracy Williams, Warhorse, Hoodfoot, Adam Priest, Trisha Dora, and Matt Tremont. A lot of different people in that match. That sounds actually kind of cool. And then Prestige is is ending Friday night at 11 p.m. They're a promotion from California. Um, American Wolves versus Motor City Machine Guns. Akira versus Atticus Koger. That'll be bloody. Uh, Casey Navarro versus Alan Angels. Anthony Henry versus Robert Martyr, Anthony Green versus Kevin Blackwood, and Jody Threat versus Willow Nightingale. Um, then Friday, Saturday on the 31st, 12 o'clock is Grind, which is out of Western Mass, run by Delmi Exo and Rip Bison. Uh, main event of that is going to be um, Jay Freddy defending the Grand Grand Championship against O'Shea Edwards. Um, and then we've also got uh, main event against Violence is Forever. And Emmy Sakura is actually in town for that match against Delmi Exo herself. So spent a little bit of money to get Emmy on board. Um, Limitless has got a show at, at four on Saturday um, where Anthony Henry is facing Kevin Blackwood. There's a strap match between Anthony Green and Rip Bison and uh, J.D. Drake's wrestling Andy Brown. And then the the main event of the weekend, Heavy Lies the Crown for Beyond Wrestling. Now, 
Obviously, Becca was supposed to wrestle um, Alec Price as the main event, which was the fans bring the weapons. Uh, since Alec Price is not going to be able to compete um, from the looks of it, it's going to be Slade and Atticus Coger in the fans bring the weapons match with Becca still involved. So Becca's in for a long night, I think, as the first match of 2023. Um, we'll have the finals of that tournament from the day before for the tag titles. And then Willow Nightingale against Lefisto, Max Caster against J.D. Drake. Uh, Jody Threat against Trisha Dora and um, Ichabon versus Anthony Henry. There's some other guys that will still be announced for that, like Warhorse and Davy Richards and things of that nature. Um, so that's pretty much what we're looking for for New Year's. And uh, we, I think I can proudly announce that we actually lined up Becca for a interview. So we're going to get to hear her um, in fear that, that that's going to go to air uh, the week before um, Restival. So we'll also preview that show in full, me and Ryan will. Um, and you guys will get to hear Becker as she prepares for, you know, potentially dying that night. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, and then GCW, I'll, I'll, next time we meet in a couple of weeks, I'll preview their New Year's shows. But they are in Los Angeles this weekend, um, which is actually going to be, uh, let me see here, Vikingo is making his GCW debut. Now, he is actually not allowed to be on the stream as part of the AAA rules. Um, but on Friday, it's a show called America's Most Wanted. Um, there's a crazy six man that, that is going to be on that show. Jake Jack Cartwheel versus Titus Alexander versus Nick Wayne versus Cole Radrick versus Jordan Oliver versus Alec Price. Uh, that sounds fucking crazy. Uh, Vikingo, which can't be on the live broadcast, is wrestling Blake Christian. Um, Nick Gage defending the GCW world title against Tony Deppin. Uh, Commander ASF and Ariz are wrestling in a six-man against Gringo Loco and Los Vipers. Masha Slamovich has Dark Sheik. Joey Janela defending the GCW Extreme Championship, first time back in the U.S. for a while, against Pagano. That's a cool match. And Matt Cardona's got Starboy Charlie. And Charles Mason is going to try to get uh, – well, Effie's going to get his revenge on Charles Mason for – you know, Charles Mason did some dastardly stuff to um, Alley Cat over the last few weeks. Alley Catch, I should say. Um, other than that, you know, New Year's is around the corner for them. Um, the only other thing I want to say for GCW is they have quite the explosive New Jersey J-Cup um, roster put together for their return to the White Eagle Club um, in Jersey City. And this is going to be on February 11th. The four first 14 names announced for that one, Speedball Mike Bailey, Alex Shelley, Nick Wayne, Jonathan Gresham, Commander, Ariz, Jack Cartwheel, Joey, Joey Janela, Jordan Oliver, Cole Radrick, Tony Deppin, Blake Christian, Alec Price, and Billy Starks. That is essentially a who's who of indie wrestling. That's about as stacked a tournament as you can put together on the indies these days. So if you're in the Jersey area, go check that out. It's a two-part show, 2 p.m., and then at 8 p.m. later on, which will be the finals. So we'll talk more about New Year's for GCW after what happens this coming weekend. Um, and then, you know, stay tuned for, you know, a non-clotheslines and headlines show for that preview for Beyond coming out, I believe, the 26th, right, Ryan? Yeah, Monday the 26th. Uh, so we'll be interviewing Becca. We were going to interview Alec Price, too, but unfortunately he's uh doesn't look like he's going to be in that match and uh, i don't really think interviewing slade is is in our best interest so um let let's just we'll interview becca we'll get her thoughts on it and hopefully uh she doesn't die that night so uh that's it so i hope everybody has a good christmas and you know catch up on some indie shows by subscribing to fight or iwtv if you get some time off cool now uh let's get out of here guys rocco you were on a 
episode of the Jenny Position this week, where you checked out Freak Out, or you were on Freak Out Drive and you did Black Christmas. How was that? It was good. I don't know how much we talked about the movie, but uh, I uh, definitely had a good time and uh, always fun on that show. So yeah, I had a blast. Uh, no, I... Movie movie wasn't my favorite, but uh, she said pick a Christmas movie, and I did. Last time you were on that, I haven't listened to this one yet, but the last time you were on there for a freak out driving, I believe you told told some epic stories about I don't know, getting drunk and pass out, waking up or whatever. So any of those we can go check out to hear about your past? <laughs> Fuck, I don't really remember uh, how deep I got in. Those usually tend to pop up in there a little bit, though, right? So um, I try to save all my good material for this now, so, you know. <laughs> I, won't, I won't tell Jenny. But, yeah, check that out if you want to get in the Christmas mood with Rocco and Jenny. Yeah, Ross, it was fun. Yeah, cool. Ross, is that anything else? The band playing? What's up? Nah, we're, it's a, Christmas is always a quiet time for us. No Christmas holiday caroling gigs. <laughs> We've been trying to book one for seven years. No one wants it though. <laughs> you imagine like death metal showing up your door and doing like a Christmas carol or something. I mean, someone's probably. Oh, the cops would get called so quick. <laughs> maybe, maybe in Florida that happens. But <laughs> speaking of Florida, I'm going tomorrow for fucking hell. But anyways, I, I agreed to do it. Rocco, what? Uh, Rossi, you got anything going on? No, just getting through, trying to get through the retail Christmas. Um, I mean, I work at home, but still, retail Christmas. Uh, got about 10 days left of that bullshit, and then uh, we'll be uh, free and clear, and then I can just go back to caring only about UConn basketball. So, Yeah, we're going to have to delay one of our episodes coming up here, I think, because we, uh, we got a big showdown at the dunk, or the amp, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that's not going to end well for you. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. All right, guys, that's this episode for Clotheslines and Headlines. Uh, a quite a thrown-together episode, but, you know, I think it came up pretty fun, and uh, we'll catch you two weeks here when we get closer to the Rumble. We'll probably chat about the uh, the big Raw and SmackDown to bookend 2022 and start 2023. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, guys, and if we don't see you, have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and whatever you celebrate, Rocco. Hey, man, thanks, and, th- and same to you guys, man. Cool. All right, guys, catch you next episode. There'll be much mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. It's the most wonderful time of the Scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be much mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. It's the most wonderful time. Yes, the most one